Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Hey, Shy Hearts, welcome to Meet Us at Molly's episode 175. It's a little different today. Brian is under the weather, unfortunately, but Jennifer Stark, one of our regular listeners and patrons, and one of our very good friends, is stepping in tonight. Jennifer, you are a rock star MVP. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. We're excited to have you. So, um, yeah, Brian is under the weather. We miss her because there's yeah. so much to talk about, which we say every week, but there really is so much to talk about. Yeah. So um, we always like to start with the news and we're going to do that. There's not a ton of news because everything else was kind of like show specific. So if there were any other articles, we'll cover them during those shows. But the only real scoop we have is one from Matt's Inside Line. And somebody asked, you know, how many episodes of the One Chicago shows will there be this season? And the answer was, mom is the official word on episode count, but I can report that Med, Fire, and PD's season finales are set to air Wednesday, May 26th. Mark your calendars. May 26th. Maybe put like a broken heart emoji, like a cry emoji. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the day. So we now have like just under two months to prepare. Yep. Yeah. I feel like there there's definitely going to be a long break in there because they usually don't end that late in May. It must be because of the short episode count too. They yeah. want to like kind of push it out. Yeah, I think we probably will come into a pretty long hiatus because the mm-hmm. the preliminary report was that the, the season was only supposed to be 15 episodes. Yeah. I've heard 16, but we just finished with 10. Yeah, I feel like if there was any lo- any more episodes than 15, something would have been shared. They wouldn't yeah. like you got a secret. I feel like we would know by now. Yeah. So, I don't but know. then I also saw someone from the PD wardrobe team like shared their countdown and it said 30 days, but that was like a few days ago. So we'll see. Yeah. And if we're, if we're getting ready to air 11, that means they've got to be in finale territory. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It feels like we just got them back yesterday. It's not fair. But then I also feel like the season's been going on so long because of all the little like one week, two week breaks. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then we go into another like three months without them, which. Yeah. Last year was pretty much torture. Let's be real. Yeah. It was like six months or something. So. Ridiculous. Yeah. I'd rather have three months than six months. Let's be real. Yeah. But you hit a point of hiatus where you're just like, they're never coming back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's not a lot of like summer TV on anyway. So I'm like, well, what am I going to watch in the meantime? There really isn't. That's a good point. I remember a couple of years ago, summer TV used to be really popular and mm-hmm. it's just kind of fallen off since. Yeah. Interesting. That's a good point. I guess summer is the best time to re-watch and binge all of our favorite shows. That's now available true. on Peacock too. Good plug. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> wait do you are you actually able to like get peacock on your tv what do you have do you have like a what, what do you stream i have a roku and uh, it's on there now not just, even fair i've only watched i think it was 716 on there mm-hmm. for pd so i haven't watched like a bunch of them but yeah, yeah. nope i i have a fire stick oh. i haven't touched peacock because i can't get it on my tv 
and I'm not watching it on my itty bitty little phone screen. So yeah. no, um, I pretty much just use my Peacock account now as like a bargaining chip when I'm just like, hey friend, wanna give me your password for XYZ service? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, I recently did that. My friend Christine has Paramount Plus and so I traded her for that so she could watch the Save by the Bell reboot. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into Paramount Plus for younger, so. Okay, okay, yeah, so younger is yeah. one of them. I know I know you're a little younger than me, but they just added all the old Nickelodeon shows from like the early 90s. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I don't care how old I get, Legends of the Hidden Temple will always be my jam. <laughs> so, Rugrats will always be mine, so. I love Rugrats. Yeah. I love it so much. And that's another one that you're never too old for. She says as she holds up her Ren and Stippy socks. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just the old school Nickelodeon's awesome. They just added like, hey dude, salute your shorts. Yeah. And they have a bunch of MTV stuff too. The nostalgia is pretty sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's all we've got on the news. Again, we didn't have a ton today. All the other stuff is pretty much just like postmortems from PD, which trust me, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, and you should, you should be on the lookout because later today you're going to be able to hear our interview with Jack Coleman. So I can't even preview it because it hasn't happened yet. So you will hear that. But yeah, any news, send it to us. You guys are so good about that. And we so, so, so appreciate it. So patron shout outs. We've got not one, not two, but three. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for supporting the pod. So Allison F, welcome to the family. Um, you guys, all three of you, make sure that you request entry into the Facebook group. Jennifer can attest to this. It's Bobbin. Yes. Yep. Especially when those promo photos come out, we analyze the crap out of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like Tumblr, but in a more exclusive kind of way. Is that a good way? Yeah. Like, yeah. As in, it's like, it's trash, but in like the best possible way. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's very focused on the three shows. So yeah. Sometimes like there was someone just posted about like an LMN movie that Kara was in. So we all kind of talk Oh yeah. About a Lifetime Network. But I'm yeah. so glad, I'm so glad she did though, because I've, I've literally never seen Kara in anything but fire. I've watched her, I think, in one thing. It was like some short or something. Like okay. really short. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Steve Brady and Sex in the City, if anyone wants to watch that, I highly recommend it because Oh, that's late so breaking precious. news. I'm so glad you said that. That's late breaking news. There was an article, yeah. I think, on Wednesday that dropped, maybe like Wednesday yep. night, saying that they have called David Eigenberg about the Sex in the City reboot. They have contacted yeah. him. Yeah. So I'm not worried. Um, I don't think it would interfere with fire at all. No, and I'm totally here for it. So, because I've been on a Sex in the City, like, binge, and I just love David Eigenberg in there as Steve Brady. Like, it's the cutest thing ever. I, I wonder if I should binge that now. Sex in the City? How many seasons is it? Do you know? Six. And, like, Hulu kind of rotates out episodes, so that's how I've been doing it. Because they're on episodes? HBO Max, I think. Yeah. Oh. Like, for mine, I have it recorded or something, so it, like, kind of drops them in to my DVR. Okay yeah okay um, i have hbo max too that's a great one yeah 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 it might be on there um what did i just watch on hbo max i may destroy you that's what i watched it was good oh, okay um <laughs> yeah so maybe i should binge that i know i was i can't remember like when it first came out but i was young probably like too young to appreciate it i could probably yeah do it now so hmm, hmm. interesting I, so- I solely watch it for steve brady i mean that's it that's yeah it. that's all that i watch it for nice nice so yeah, that's the late breaking news. So Allison, welcome to the family. Please make sure to join the Facebook group. That also goes for you, Jean Fitzpatrick. Welcome aboard. Thank you so much for supporting us. We appreciate you. We love you. 
yeah and my only message for all three of you is join the facebook group it's a lot of fun so yeah gene and then lastly kayla w welcome to the fam it's a lot of fun i just i I really have nothing else to tease except for it's a lot of fun if you do one thing with your patron like membership is join the facebook group and even if you don't look at it every day just go through and like creep that's it like Mm -hmm. that that's all that you need to do so yeah, good. actually, you're a patron. So tell everybody yourself, because again, if you guys would like to support the pod for as little as $2 a month, please head to the link in our socials. You can find it in our bio. Um, and yeah, you can go and check out and see which tier is for you. But you're a patron. So I can say, you know, talk a little bit more. What, what's your favorite part about being a patron? Um, I mainly like the Facebook group. I'm in like so many different groups. So it's nice to have one that's like geared towards my shows. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've just met like other people through like the Facebook group and also seen them on Twitter too. So it's cool. Cause we've been like, be- we've become friends on Facebook from that group and then have followed each other on Twitter. And it's cool to just see like who else is in it. So yay, yeah, I did not pay her to say that. No. And I love I really like did. the, um, the bonus interviews, the bonus episodes. I've only been here for the Taylor one. So, okay. I, I, you should be able to go back and listen to the first one. Yeah, I should be able to. I just haven't like been able. I haven't gotten the chance to. So, so in, in all fairness, we would we would have never covered that episode had Jennifer not been the one like years ago to be like, we need to zoom and watch Patty's SVU. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you kind of have already experienced that episode. Yeah, and I it was actually just on Ion. I think Saturday, nice. and I like caught it, and I was like, oh my god, he's so little. He's such a baby. I know. Such a baby, and then him crying. I was like, oh my god, I can't. I know. I can't. I he's like no facial hair, total baby face. I was like, oh, he's adorable. I think our next bonus episode will probably be a Sex in the City episode. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. There's I don't some think good Brennan's ones. Ever seen it. There's some good ones. Sex yeah. in the City can get a little like risque at times. Like mm-hmm. I think I sent you guys one that it was like you might not want to cover this, but it's good. So I think it was like where Steve and Miranda like go on their honeymoon. So it was like, oh, this is. I don't know if it's podcast worthy, but you know, it's fun yeah. to watch. Interesting. <laughs> Our sweet David Eigenberg. What is he doing? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's funny. So. All right. Well, without further ado, it is time to move into the episodes, shall we? Yep. Okay. So we're going to start with Med because I mean, we always do. Oh God, this episode of Med, there were so many moving parts, but like, there was. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. There was times where I was kind of um, like, okay, I'm, you know, over this part, but it could be just because I'm like exhausted. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the man, life, cell, man. the man sell stuff, Will and Ethan, you know, I mean, it's just a normal Wednesday. So just yeah. about, just about. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So this first one we're starting off with, I mean, this made me so like happy. I, and we were just having this conversation like before we started recording, but Gina was a little tipsy on one Chicago Wednesday, a little bit. Um, so I don't know if it was that or if the, the storylines were just that great, but uh, we're going to start off with Crockett. I loved this. Yes. Okay. So we start off Crockett and Natalie meet up and Natalie's like someone got a sitter for tonight which means they're gonna go and have some fun times after work yep where do you and stand I on Mansell I like I like it I'm, I'm here for it even if it's just a fling because I'm man I'm man said end game but mm-hmm. Mansell can definitely be a fling they okay I I feel like they do so yeah 
I feel like we've definitely been seeing them a lot. So it's kind of easy to get on board. Like the end of the episode and beginning of the episode usually has something Mansell like in it. So do you feel the, the insane chemistry that Brian and I do? I can see it. I see it like in Natalie's face. She definitely like looks happy. Not that she didn't with Will, but I don't know. I just, I feel like they both look very happy. Yes. So, yeah. I will agree with that. I will agree. With Again, that. I'm, I'm Manstead Endgame, but a Mansell fling I'm here for. So I am glad we got that episode, what, two weeks ago now um, with, with her mom, because we, yeah. we kind of did get to compare and contrast. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I get the arguments on both sides. I really am just like, whoever Nat wants to be with, okay? Like, if she wants to be yeah. with Will, fine. You're both really stubborn. You're always competing with each other. But if you guys are each other's person, go do the thing. Right. With Crockett, she's so relaxed. And so is he. And, you know, yeah. he carries around like a really heavy emotional load. And he gets to yeah. just kind of like relax with her. Yeah, I feel like we've seen a good balance with Marcel this season because we've seen a lot of like personal storylines with him, mm-hmm. like personal cases, but then Manning comes in and kind of balances him out, like relaxes him, everything like that. So I, I, I just liked that balance. Whereas I've noticed with like Manstead, she feels very like stressed maybe with him. Stressed and like she just constantly has to have like her fighting hands up. Like, why are you doing this? So- yeah, I'm here for the Mansell. I'm all aboard that ship. Yeah, so. you make a good point that, you know, she just seems kind of stressed. Yeah. Interesting. So Crockett's patient was shot in the leg. And so he and the son go back and forth about treatment. They're talking in Farsi. And he's like, I can't afford to be here. The son is just like, let them fix you. Crockett does convince him to have the surgery. Now, the minute the captions were like, they're speaking in Farsi, I was like, oh yeah, I, I knew. I, I mean, I I knew Dominic was Persian. Did you not know that? Um, I knew that he was like, I guess kind of Middle Eastern, something like that, but I wasn't sure exactly what. So it was nice to kind of get that little nugget in there. I love it. I love that they're 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 working in some of some of Dominic into yeah. into Crockett. I love it. Yeah. Did you see his interview with Nikia maybe last week? I caught like the tail end of it and didn't get a chance to go back. Yeah. So he was, he was actually in my neck of the woods in Texas. I, when he said he was, I was just like, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah. um, cause he came home because it was Persian new year. Oh, okay. I was like, Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So yeah. So they went back and forth with that. So they get into surgery. Crockett can't find the bullet. I'm sorry. What? That happens. Yeah. That happens. And so he's like, check the bed, make sure it didn't fall out. I'm sorry, what? I mean, I thought if a bullet was like in your leg, I mean, it's in there. I didn't think that it could just like fall out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I feel like I learn stuff about medicine every time I watch this show, which I guess is their intention. But so I, 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 today I learned what a bullet embolism is. Basically, it means that when the bullet went in, it made a hole in the vein. So what happened was the the hole sucked the bullet back through and it went up into his liver. Science. Seriously. Science. So who comes in to save the day? It's not Crockett. It's not Will. It's not Ethan. It's nobody. It's Michael Goodwin. What? Because of course. Of course. You know. This makes all the sense in the world. A guy who has never practiced medicine just comes in and says, I have an idea. 
He's the farmer rep, which is like, I'm trying to like come up with a good analogy for his personality. He's a farmer rep, which basically means he's like a pushy insurance agent. Yeah. Yeah. He's only got sales on the brain basically. But he does it in this instance because the new device that he's marketing, it's got these like mechanical fingers that like stretch out. He described it and I was just like, you lost me, bro. But then again, I was also drunk. Uh, But he's like, let's reverse engineer it. And he definitely presents that to the right person because anybody else would be like, are you out of your mind? Like, that's so unprofessional. I'm reporting you, whatever. But this is definitely Ethan. Ethan would have definitely been like that. Let's be real here. Ethan would have lost his shit. Now, granted, he already lost his shit in this episode, but he would have lost his shit again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Ethan would have lost it. You know who else would have gone for this? Connor. For sure. Oh my God. Connor would have like, yeah, he, he would have gotten so excited. But like, oh, yay. <laughs> like, that's well, awesome. I feel like as surgeons, they want to try out like new technologies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, as surgeons, they have to be like a little risky, right? They're like going into a man's body and like messing around with his organs so i mean i feel like he's got to be a little risky with it but at the same time i would be like how much has this device been used how new is it like tell me more because i want to know before i'm putting it into someone's body yeah yeah so crockett's totally on board like here's the distinction between crockett and the other doctors in the hospital who do like risky ridiculous shit crockett at least knows that like he's risking Mm-hmm. a lot he knows that there's going to be consequences which like haha consequences but he knows that there's like consequences of his actions whereas yeah. the others are just like why are you mad at me and i feel like crockett doesn't let his ego get in the way i haven't noticed that at least so i mean he's willing to try things he's not sitting here and saying well i'm actually a doctor and you're not so i'm not gonna take your advice on this so he's willing to kind of take everyone's opinions in a way Mm -hmm. yeah i love it i love it so of course this doesn't go according to plan of course that's mad why would it why yeah no (laughs) um a brand new device with mechanical fingers actually you'd be lucky if it did go according to plan right so not only did it like they like they lost the bullet or somehow they like they got the bullet but then they like moved it into a weird place or something basically this bullet has gone from his liver to like right outside of his heart which is like they just basically made it worse yeah so they're basically showing sharon what's going on and (laughs) sharon's pissed she's like what the hell did you guys do and then she goes this is far beyond the bounds of professional conduct to which i laugh hysterically and say oh yeah well what are you going to do about it sharon (laughs) what are you gonna do especially because it's her son that was like the one that you know said let's try this uh let's try this device (laughs) i think that's the only reason she came down would she have come down on crockett if it was this yeah she would have i think she would have given that she came down on natalie and crockett i don't even know how many episodes ago now but she came down on them for something too i feel like this was way worse than that but Mm -hmm. Yeah. way riskier i do i do think she is harder on michael than she is anybody else though yeah i mean i understand that that's her son like she only wants what's best for him mm-hmm. she wants him to succeed so yeah, yeah. but yeah the, the whole far beyond the bounds of professional conduct it, it, that was one of those one chicago moments where you're not supposed to laugh but you do yeah yeah so they made it worse and crockett's like it's just outside of his heart though it's safe it can stay until they find out that he's got a heart defect. 
there's like some sort of condition in his heart where there's a hole between chambers. And basically if the bullet goes from the right to the left, it's going to go to his brain and give him a stroke. Yeah. So Crockett saves the day. They find the damn bullet, thankfully. And they have a conversation later that's actually, it's so sweet. So it's almost entirely in Farsi, which I love. Like, I just love this scene so much. And they just bond over the fact that, you know, they, they're like, Crockett's parents brought him over when he was two. And, you know, the, the patient wants a good life for his son and his parents wanted the same relationship for him. And I just thought this scene was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, um, he always finds a way to connect with his patients, mm-hmm. which I find is really good because with doctors, you know, you want to like try and connect with them, but not too much, you know? So I thought it was nice. He really is so good with the patients. Mm-hmm. Like just and, relating with them. Yeah. At first I was like a little thrown off. I think because when we first met him was the infection crossover, right? I want to say that was like the first, um, maybe like first or second time we met him. Well, I mean, we met him in, in 501, like, 401. Yeah. Some, something like that. No, 501. Cause it was last season. Yeah. We met him in the premiere, but then the, the infection was like the next episode. So we didn't yeah. even know this guy. Yeah. And I don't know, I felt like he was a little much, like maybe a little too touchy-feely because he had like touched Amanda's hair, like, you know, and was just very like caring towards her. So I was like, this guy, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. But over time, I he's grown on me, so. They're doing a lot of good stuff with him this season. Yeah. And I actually, I love, love, love that they're they're moving away from him just being the one who lost the child to cancer. They're, they're adding yeah. more layers to him. Yeah. Oh, love yeah. It. I love it. So yeah, so we we basically we learned that Crockett is Persian and he was born in Iran and he and his family moved here when he was two. And they changed his parents changed their names so that they have an easier time in school. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I mean I don't think that's the case for Dominic, but did you know that Dominic is not his real name? Yeah. Yeah, his first name is actually Amir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that I've noticed with the newer characters, like with Haley. And then now Crockett um, and I want to say someone from fire, I guess Ritter mostly is what I've noticed. Um, they are bringing in like parts of the actors personalized. Yeah. And putting that with the character, like Haley has brothers, Tracy Spiridakis has brothers. They're Greek. Like, I don't know. It just, and you know, Haley's dad had a restaurant, like Crockett is Persian. Dominic is, you know, Persian. Like it just, I love that they're bringing in, parts of the actors and like tying them to the characters i love that so. too because it just I, I don't know it just makes it more special yeah i love it i love it so then they explain or natalie explain or natalie asked crockett how they decided on his name so marcel was popular in new orleans because remember that's where they lived yeah um, and crockett they say is because crockett's father loved watching miami vice the real story <laughs> is that <laughs> Andy and Diane met an Uber driver whose name was Crockett and they were like, we've got to run with this. So I love it. I just love it. I love it. I love that Dominic's here. I love that we're learning more about Marcel. Love it. Well, and I love that Natalie at the beginning of the episode was like, I feel like I don't know a lot about you. I was like, girl, same. Yes. Like, you know, we know about your child that you lost a little bit, but not much, Mm -hmm. but other than that, we don't really know, like, you know, your backstory. So I like that. Yeah. Really good. Really good. So, okay. Natalie in that sweater color at dinner, 
Oh my gosh, that was like such a good color on her. Yes, yes. And her and hair. Her hair is getting long again, and it's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Like and Marcel yeah. in that plaid. I mean, come on. I that's when you know. Plaid. That's when you know you're in with one Chicago is when you're wearing plaid. Like you are yeah. in. Yep. That's how I knew with Cooper um, last week. How like he was already in plaid. I was like, oh, oh, he's good. He's in. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, Tori's hair is getting all long and like gorgeous again. It was never not gorgeous, but like super yeah. long. But the thing with Tori is that like, and this is something that was true with Adrian too, is like, they're just effortlessly gorgeous. Yeah. So like no matter what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Did it's- you see that Instagram story that I sent you um, of that Tori shared? And she'd said that like Nick said that she looked like Bieber. She was I did like, see all that. Sweats. But how cute yeah. did she look in I know I was like <laughs> wow I wish I could pull off sweats like that I sweats are all I've been wearing for the past year and I look like yeah. I've aged like 20 years yeah yeah especially like those baggy ones I was like I wish I could pull those off so she looked so cute yeah I don't look like that I look like a mess <laughs> jealous so you guys had a lot to say about all of the episodes tonight. So glad. So Catherine says, screams and fangirl. I love Mansell. They were definitely my favorite part of the episode. They're too cute, too, uh, oh, too much in, in sync with each other and so refreshing. I just love seeing them so happy. Their date at the end of the episode destroyed me. Definitely didn't expect Crockett backstory and didn't even know Dominic speaks Farsi. Mm-hmm. Also, big shout out to Marcel's father for being a big fan of a show to the point of naming his son after a character. Okay, and then she put in parentheses, it makes me wonder how many kids are out there named after a one Chicago character. That's a good question. I feel like I've seen pets named after one Chicago characters. And yeah. I feel like I saw one tweet about someone who named their kids after one Chicago characters. Do you follow Bodhi the Shih Tzu? I don't think so. So my dog has an Instagram, which I think all of you know that, but um there's and I follow a bunch of dogs off of that, but there there is a dog out there named Bodie, named after Bodin. Oh my Shih Tzu. god, that's so cute! Cute little tiny puppy. Um, but yeah, go go follow Bodie. Bodie's super super cute. Um, that's so I, I feel cute. Like, I feel like there's one other one that's named after a one Chicago character that has an Instagram, but I'm blanking. Yeah, I haven't heard so much about one Chicago babies. I have heard one Tree Hill babies. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if my cousin like did this on purpose, um, but her kids are actually named Matthew and Kelly and their father, yeah. And their fa- father is a firefighter. So naturally they just have like firefighter stuff laying around. You're kidding. So, I mean, it's like the cutest thing. And Matthew is a blondie too. So I'm like, um, future Matthew Casey right there. Matthew. Not, like, I, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think she did that on purpose, but like, and they watch fire too. So I'm like, hello, that's, you know, just, that's everything right there. So, um, what was I about to say? Oh, um, so, so at work, um, you know, I, I, I basically, I'm basically a consultant and I, I work with other teams of people. And so I came across this person named Kelly the other day and I was asking somebody about Kelly and I was like, so, you know, does she X, Y, Z? And they were like, no, he, I was like, what? I had never heard Kelly as a male name until Chicago Fire started. Yeah. Well, so. I have a coworker named Haley and she spells her name not like Haley Upton, but every time I go to type it, it like I automatically want to put in the I before the L and she doesn't <laughs> have that. I'm like, dang it. Why couldn't she have that? Have uh, that yeah. There's, it's, it's so funny because I have a friend who spells it H-A-I-L-I-E. Yeah. Um, and then Wintry Hill Haley spells it H-A-L-E-Y. 
And so I always like, it's just funny when you have to distinguish Haley's based on the way they spell it. Yeah. So funny. So, um, yeah. And then she she ended it it and said, did I mention I love Mansell? Because I do. I hear you. I hear you. So (laughs) Jennifer, take us through Allie. So Allie said, I love getting to hear more about Marcel's past away from the story about his daughter. I also now officially declare that Mansell couch scenes are my favorite way to end an episode. Hey, I love that date night. Like it was just so cute. So just simple, like sitting on the floor, eating fancy, like or eating in this fancy apartment. Mm-hmm. I just need to see more of it. And I'm also patiently waiting for the day that Owen and Crockett meet. Maybe it'll <gasps> go better than when Will and Owen met and Owen's block met Will's eye. So. Oh, Crockett would be so good with Owen too. I wonder if it would trigger any memories. Like obviously it would, but if it would trigger like any painful kind of hurt from his past with his daughter. I think that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Natalie is hesitant to introduce Owen because Mm -hmm. maybe in her mind, I like, I wonder if she's decided yet if this is just a fling or if this is a relationship. I wonder if like, that's why she might be hesitant to bring Owen around. Yeah. I feel like the HR papers were stuck to say this is a relationship, but I mean, it goes a little bit farther when you introduce him to your kids. So Right. Especially when Owen keeps talking about Will, you know, I'm sure that that holds her off too. So. Right. Right. So Megan said, I love Mansell more as the weeks go on. We're getting backstory. I'm smiling. Same girl, <laughs> same, 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 same. Take us through Casey. Um, I re- she said, I really hope that opening scene with Mansell isn't foreshadowing something bad to come. Natalie's line about not knowing anything about Crockett concerns me however i bet brina was happy that the opening and closing scenes were both mansell can confirm <laughs> can confirm yep. so yeah so happy. and i don't know i mean her line about that at the beginning i was a little worried but then toward i mean when once we got that end scene you know it kind of like calmed any fears that i may have so who knows well and it was satisfying too because natalie was like i know so little about you and then there was a payoff and that we learned more about him yeah so it was happy yeah satisfying i liked how it wasn't um like how it was following that last scene with the patient you know it wasn't something totally different like he could have said you know oh this i had a favorite teacher or you know my best friend from my childhood it was definitely more you know talking about his like heritage and stuff so where he came from love it so I like I'm, I'm also really happy for dominic that they're showing his heritage and his character i'm like i'm happy for him i like it yeah so geek is what said can you explain how i went from thinking marcel was a poor substitute for connor rhodes to grinning like an idiot during mansell seems same <laughs> it me yeah between the opening with Natalie, the Persian Farsi reveal, and date night, I was loving Darius Jarabani. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wasn't sure of him when he first got here, just like you were saying earlier. Neither was I. I was kind of like, why are we replacing Connor with someone who's just like him? But then the more that we got to know him, I'm like, he's very far from Connor. Like, he's very different from him. So, yeah. I like There's it. no God complex. Like no not that we've seen i don't know no and i don't know (laughs) so 
Take us through Samantha. So Samantha said the Mansell flirting this season has been amazing to say the least. Their flirty banter is incredible. It's part of the reason I've come around to like to them like I did, even though I'm not fully team Mansell. Hashtag team Mansell. <laughs> the post the past two episodes have started with flirty Mansell, and I've got to say I loved it. And Mans- Mansell planning a date night at Crockett's place is almost as adorable as having a date night at Crockett's place. I love how open Man- Marcel is about being his is I love how open Marcel is about his life with Natalie it's another reason I've become okay with Mansell dating for the time being we've learned so much about Crockett and his backstory this season I think it's a lot I think a lot of that is thanks to Natalie and his relationship with her they're good for each other and I'm okay with that for the time being did you write that under a pen name no I didn't (laughs) (laughs) no we know Samantha but yeah I mean that that sums it up so Love yeah it. it was good it was good so moving into natalie because she had her own patient apart from crockett so um this one had my brain like working overtime because i zeroed in on it immediately but then i was trying to figure i was trying to figure out which way they were going to spin it so we'll just start off with this so her patient was mugged and yeah. her wrist is broken but she doesn't want to file a police report the minute she didn't want to file that i was like it's abuse Got it. Got it. That's an easy one. But the way they kept going back and forth, I was like, so she's abusing him. He's abusing her. What are we doing? Where are we going? Yeah. So kept you guessing, but, uh, but we, we find out the husband actually also has scratch marks on his arm. So that's when I was like, okay, maybe she's abusing him, but Dr. Charles talks to him. Turns out that, you know, he just got back from Afghanistan three months ago. And then he and Dr. Charles have this really funny conversation about Apple watches. Do you have one? Um, I have a Fitbit. Okay. So it's not quite the same, but it does a lot of the same things. Kind of. I, yeah. I haven't worn my Fitbit in years. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's just, it's so funny listening to Dr. Charles be like, I don't really know how this thing works. But like, what does Dr. Charles do on his Apple watch? he's he definitely tracks his sleep maybe his steps sleep and steps you probably that's probably it right yeah 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 i mean i don't do a whole lot with my fitbit besides track the steps and you can send messages from an apple watch right yeah i believe so so he probably only texts anna and goodwin and when he texts goodwin it's probably like he probably means to like type something else and then hit send by accident so it's all gibberish yeah, I was going to say Dr. Charles is definitely the guy that asks Anna for like help. And she's oh, like, big oh, time. God, come on, get with it. Anna, what does this little ring mean? <laughs> does Dr. Charles do voice to text or type it all out? Is Dr. Charles savvy enough to know voice to text? I would think he would have Anna teach him because he wouldn't want to like type on his phone. And with an Apple Watch, I think you have to do voice to text. I don't know. I imagine so, because it's such a bitty little screen. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to do voice to text with that. But I feel like he's had Anna teach him voice to text. Love it. That's hilarious. I feel like if I ever got an Apple Watch, I could finally live out my like childhood fantasy of being a Power Ranger. Because like, you know how they had like the communicators? I could like talk into my watch. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely don't have one because (laughs) I, I... I'm already addicted enough to my phone. I know it would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I got a Fitbit. I was like, I don't need that fancy of a watch. So 
I was going through my like I had we're we're about to move and so we're doing the whole like process of you know going through all your crap yeah. and I found like old electronics the other day I found my like I found my iPod first off from like a bajillion years ago I was like oh this is gonna be fun and it's suffice it to say my music taste has not changed <laughs> um, I found that and then I found my old Fitbit I was like god this thing's a fossil yeah so funny so uh, so Nat pulls her records from East Mercy and she is being abused. There's been two or three other visits that she's had. Mm-hmm. And so doc, thank God for Dr. Charles, first of all, because so many of these cases that come through the ED would end so badly if he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God for him. Because he immediately is like, wait a second. What if he doesn't know that, you know, because he, he, he can't sleep. So like, what if he's right. not attacking her during the daylight? Um, yeah because he's a genius I mean thank god for Dr. Charles so yeah. it turns out that he's been having night terrors which are like supercharged nightmares on steroids yeah funny enough I've actually read a couple of fanfics where Jay's suffering from night terrors and um Will basically has to go like help out so yeah yeah, yeah. I've read a few of those <laughs> <laughs> um I think I think we need to do another fan fiction episode it just it, it we just need to I don't know I think we've been reading and we've been reading enough lately that like we need to have the conversation again just like release the pressure valve (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah so he's been having night terrors and they basically reveal it to him they're obligated to report it which like it breaks my heart but also like i I get it right yeah and so dr charles is like listen like we'll talk to the state's attorney so that he doesn't get a record he doesn't get charged anything which i mean again he doesn't know that he's doing it it's a night terror right and he's he's defenseless too i mean you know he's again no idea he doesn't even you know he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong anything wrong so and you can tell how absolutely heartbroken he is when he realizes Mm -hmm. like holy shit i've been hurting her yeah so um yeah and and i mean so he gets arrested it's it's just like formality they have to um But Dr. Charles kind of explains, he's like, there's a lot of cutting edge technology. Like he's going to go to a psychiatric facility. They're going to help him. And he even mentions at one point, he's like, yeah, there's like really cutting edge new therapies and medications. One of those being MDMA. Isn't that ecstasy? I don't know. I didn't get a chance to look that up. There are some things that I'm just like, if I Google this from this episode, like Homeland Security is going to be knocking down my door and being like, (laughs) what is your problem? (laughs) Right. I'm just watching Chicago Mad. Leave me alone. Plus on Google, like you go down a rabbit hole, especially with medical stuff. I just stay out of it. I'm like, okay, they're, they know what they're doing with the writing. I'm just going to believe them. So I still stand by, and I've said this a million times. I still stand by my statement that being a researcher for this show must be so much fun. Yeah. Just trying also, to find the like, most, like ridiculous stuff you can. Oh, so time consuming. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you're getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so so natalie that's a quick one so Catherine said about the cases the veteran case could have been a lot better if ethan was the one on it like maybe having him talk from his experience i don't know just a thought it's a good good thought i kind of agree because i didn't really care for the case that will and ethan were on i found it entertaining with will and ethan i don't know like I'm in a weird spot with Will and Ethan just because, I mean, it's a triangle, which nine times out of 10, I'm over a triangle. I'm just like, why is this happening? But with Will and Veronica and Ethan, I'm like sitting back eating popcorn. I'm like, no, keep going. This is great. This is so good. (laughs) Yeah. The Will or the Ethan, April and Marcel triangle. I was like, 
this is just ridiculous but this, i hated it yeah but the new one i'm i'm okay with also ethan like loves some love triangles like he just has to be in them apparently i guess so yeah i guess so so uh yeah let's cover will and ethan and then we'll come back to maggie yeah. okay so <laughs> we start this episode and dr varani and dr Choi they are talking chess have you seen the queen's gambit I have not got around to it now. You need to get on it. It is so good. It is so good. So the last time we had the Queen's Gambit conversation, neither one of us had seen it. We were like, the fuck is this? I finally binged it. And I'm so glad I did. It was amazing. It was so, so good. Um, takes place in the 60s. Like the characters are really fun. It's good. But yeah, they're just talking chess like the Queen's Gambit. And they're just like, oh, you played this opening variation. And the Dr. Choi is like, yes, because of this strategic move. And you can't see me right now, but I got my pinky up like Austin Powers style. <laughs> so it's actually not a bad conversation. I actually kind of enjoy them flirting over chess. Yeah, I felt like them flirting over chess was similar to like one Chicago stands, like loving and talking about one Chicago. It's they were just the- like so into it. Yeah, yeah. Is chess the new Scrabble? Possibly. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, they're flirting. It's all good. Until a woman collapses in the lobby. Now, Will just happened to be walking in at the same time. So this woman collapses. Ethan and Sabina run over. And then there's this moment. This is another moment where I shouldn't laugh, but I do. Will bends down. He goes, hi, I'm a doctor too. (laughs) It shouldn't be funny, but it's really funny. I just love Will. He's so, like innocent sometimes i know i know in like a very adorable way and i can totally see nick getting a chuckle out of that and yeah. yeah 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 uh so we find out that the mother is a surrogate for her daughter and her husband so it's a surrogate a surrogate pregnancy but mm-hmm. the, the mom's pregnant so um speaking of will he is innocent and very cute and we all know gina's a will halstead stan i try very hard to hide it it doesn't always work but will's hair is extra flowy in this episode it's good it hair. Was. It's good, good hair. Yeah. Yep. I miss it like as long as it was at the beginning of the season, but it was good. But it's still kind of long. I mean, they could have it cut short. Still kind of long. I like seeing the little curls sometimes. So I love his know. long hair. I love it. Yeah. And <laughs> him at the end of the episode, oh, we'll get there. But <laughs> so, I just like when they're not in scrubs, like when we see them in normal clothes too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And actually nobody, rock, well, I wouldn't say nobody rocks plaid, but Will actually rocks plaid really nicely. Yeah. Nicely. Very, very nice. saw that later on in the night, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was wearing yellow plaid, which is like, I, I, I love the, the plaid bit on these shows, how it's just kind of like a running bit now. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was wearing yellow plaid and I was like, did you borrow that shirt from Adam? Yeah. <laughs> so we find out the mom is a recovering alcoholic that's kind of the big thing there so will and ethan have the age-old meds versus no meds debate that just kind of is a given in any episode so ethan wants to use meds and will wants to electrocardio over it which basically means they shock her while she's awake that sounds horrible yeah yeah um but ethan wins the first round meds it is well will wins the second round and electrocardioverding goes great until it sends her into V-fib and she damn near dies. Good job, Will. Good job. Yep. Um, Will was very Will this episode. Yeah. Like textbook peak Will. Yep. 
Um, Ethan gives him a really nice death glare, though. I did get a laugh out of that. And she obviously doesn't know who the characters are, but she was just like, "Why are Start these?" Start that over, Jen. You froze. You froze. Start that over. Ugh. I know. So I was watching Med with my mom. Sometimes she watches um, and obviously doesn't know like who the characters are or anything. And she just like looks at me and she's like, why are these two always fighting? <laughs> and it sounded like she was just like talking about children. And I was like, honestly, we all have that question. Like, why? Why are they always fighting? <laughs> Welcome to every week. Fight with everyone. Yeah, that's so funny. Yep. <laughs> so Will wants to try a new med. Because like after after she codes the first time, she codes like three more times, which like again, good job, Will. Um, Ethan's like, we've just got to up her meds. Like we just that's what we have to do. We have to up her meds. And Will's like, unless. And Ethan's like, oh hell, what now? He's so over Will shit. It's just so yeah. funny. So Will wants to try this like infusion of this drug that like could work, but also could kill her. Casual yeah. day of being Will Hall said. Um, but Ethan says, Ethan's like, you've already done enough damage as it is, which like, okay, that's low, but also kind of true. Definitely. Yeah. Will is just such a, like, it's just such a mystery with him, right? Because again, there are some episodes where you absolutely adore him. Then there's mm-hmm. other episodes where you just want to punch him in the face. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no like clear cut way of the way, you know, that he is. Mm-hmm. He's very not wishy-washy but kind of all over the place with it so i can't think of any other character on tv that i've ever come across that's been as like polarizing as will and by polarizing Mm -hmm. i mean that like one week you love him and another week you want to punch him yeah i I can't think of another character that i've ever come across i can't i can't think of one on a show that i've gotten so invested in with that so i always wanted to punch dan scott on one tree hill yeah, but I feel like that was just a given. He was, that was just a, given. a jerk. So even at the end, I didn't like love him. I was just like, okay, well, that's great mm-hmm. that you died saving your son, but you're still an asshole. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta think about that. I gotta think about that. But Will does a textbook Will Halstead move. Textbook Will Halstead move. Mm-hmm. Goes behind Ethan's back and talks to the patient about the infusion and talks her into it. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's like page one out of the Will Halstead playbook. Yep. Textbook. So she's like, yeah, totally. We'll do this. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a part where the mom is like, okay, listen, if this kills me, is there a way to keep me alive and, you know, let the baby keep growing? Mm -hmm. Did you catch that this was a very subtle callback to the pilot? I didn't. I haven't like went back and watched the pilot in a while. Yeah, very, very subtle callback. And you know, the only reason I probably remember this is because the patient's name in the pilot was Gina, um, which is probably the only reason I remember it. But yeah, there was a situation that bus crash that Connor was in in the pilot, like the patient got brought in and she was a surrogate actually. um, And she was pretty much brain dead and they wanted to keep her alive for the baby. Very subtle little callback to the pilot. Loved it. Um, But the mom is like, listen, like, I want to have the baby. I want to make up for not being there for the daughter. Like, I want to do this. I want to do this and give her this chance. So Maggie, like, pulls Will out. And Maggie's like, we should involve the daughter in this. And Will's just like, no, like, she wants the second chance. We're going to do it. Which, Mm -hmm. this is textbook Will. He's like, 
let me just present you the facts. And if you just so happen to make this decision, well, that's convenient, isn't it? Yep. Hmm. So Ethan is mad. Ethan's so mad. He's so mad. Um, Ethan's like, you didn't, like, you talked her into this without me. He's like, I didn't talk her into anything. Will has a very good way of rationalizing things because he certainly talked her into it. Yeah. He might not have, like, forced her into it, but he kind of, like, laid down the facts and told her, you know, everything that she wanted to hear in just the right way. Oh, Will knows what he did. He knows what he did. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what Will would be like as a lawyer. I don't know. Would he be a good one or a bad one? Because I feel like he could shit talk people pretty good. Oh, my God. The judges would hate him. Hate him. Because he's Will. I mean, you know, he he gets the job done. He's a little bit of a mess, but he gets it done. I feel like he would yell objection a lot in court. (laughs) And the judge would be like, I'm going to hold you in contempt if you keep (laughs) saying stuff. Jay goes to get him out of jail and he's like, again? (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. He's just really good at like spinning words around when he needs it to kind of fit what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, the judges would hate him. They would hate him so much. Oh yeah. So the the infusion, it's iffy for a second. Like it is iffy. Like her heart pretty much almost stops. But it ends up working. It ends up working, which is good. And as Will is leaving, he gives Sabina like the cutest thumbs up I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Will definitely got lucky there. He definitely did. Yeah, he definitely got lucky. But also I'm gifting that moment and like putting that gift into my pocket. Yeah. It's too cute. It's too cute. He did get lucky though. I didn't even think of that. That just And and that's how he's going to justify it too is he's going to be like, well, I was right. And Ethan's like, yeah, Yeah. but her heart almost stopped like five different times. Yeah. Like they're going to see it completely differently. I get that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So at the end, Ethan storms into the doctor's lounge and he's like, we got the win today, but you and I have a problem. And Mm -hmm. Will's face is just like, whatever. Like yeah. Will doesn't flinch. Will, I mean, he, he like pretends to look worried. I didn't, I don't think he was worried at all. He just kind of pretended. No, I definitely feel like in his mind, he was like, well, I was right. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with my decision. Yeah. You, know, absolutely. you can deal with it yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, Ethan sees Sabina leave with Will. So she's, she's talking chess with Ethan, but she's going home with Will. All right. Ethan's like look when he turned around and like the camera like sat on him for a minute I was like wow that that's a that's a cold look mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. yeah but at I the same know. time just, if he's jealous make a move right I mean you clearly have more chemistry with her like you have things in common with her make a move I don't know I'm just not a huge fan of Ethan Choi never really have been I can't really explain it he just annoys me it's it, it's hard with Ethan. It, it is hard, mm-hmm. but I do agree with you. I think Sabina and Ethan have more chemistry. Yeah, yeah. How I do you think. feel about Verani? Um, I don't mind her. Uh, yeah, I don't mind her. I don't know enough about her, frankly. Mm-hmm. I I want to know more. It's a, it's like a Crockett situation. I want to know more yeah. about her so I can make like an accurate assessment. Um. Well, we did learn that she practiced medicine in India, right? In this episode? Yeah. 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 Because I caught that. Um, I don't mind her. I feel like she kind of always like butts in. And especially with the Will and Ethan stuff. She did one other episode too. But I'm like, 
I don't think I really have an opinion on her now because we just don't know a lot about her. So yeah, and I think that's how they're writing her right now is that she's just kind of the extra character floating around. Yeah. If she's going to stick around, if you want us to like her, I mean, infuse her into the ED staff. Right. Yeah. Somehow. Besides yeah, so. Will's, like, trial. Also, let's not forget that Will lied to her and basically yeah. has the, the ability to destroy the whole study. Yep. But also, like, what I, what is her angle right now? Like, I, she doesn't, do, do you think she's into both men? I think she can't make up her mind. So she's kind of having her cake and eating it too. Mm. You know, she's like, like, I can't really decide, but I'm going to play both fields while I have the chance. Good for her. Kind of see which one works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do definitely agree though. She's got more chemistry with Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's just because we've seen it more. You know, if we were able to see a Will and Sabina date, maybe it'd be different. Well, with Will and Sabina, it just feels very like employer employee, right? It feels like mm-hmm. Will, like it feels like she's his boss. Yeah. Which I mean, I I guess that's kind of accurate because of the trial, but yeah, you just I, it feels like Ethan and Sabina are on more of a like level playing field, and the flirtation between them is just kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's cute. I feel mm-hmm. like we didn't we saw flirtation with Ethan in April, but it wasn't. I don't know. It was more like sexual tension kind of. Ethan and April will always be a mystery to me. Yeah. Always. I'm on board though. As long as they're both happy, do your thing, man. Yep. You know, I don't know. So Zach said, Will made a ballsy move with what he did to treat his patient while she was carrying her daughter's baby. It looked as if Choi was going to be right by the way things were going, but it all worked out in the end for Will and is only going to make things between him and Choi more difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen. And that last scene when Choi saw Will with Verani, if we're about to have some sort of love, tri- love triangle between the three of them, I'll say this. If it does happen, I called it first. Again, yeah. I, I don't know what the difference is with this one. Most love triangles, I'm just like, kill me, please. But this one, I'm just yeah. like, this is kind of fun. It's almost like a train wreck and like you can't stop looking. Yeah, we've definitely gotten hints of it. So, I mean, they're they're definitely going ahead with it. So, I'm not mad. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm not mad. So, take us through Allie. So, Allie said they're really going full steam ahead with this. Will, Ronnie, Ethan, love triangle. I just hope it doesn't escalate into a full-blown soap opera like the Ethan, April, <laughs> and Man- Marcel fiasco. You know it's yeah. going to, though. Oh, it definitely will, because it's bad. How could it not? How could it not? So, yeah. <laughs> and ethan's involved so you know i mean something's gonna happen ethan is so stubborn yeah so stubborn what was your reaction to the episode when he came in right after his gallbladder surgery um i'm pretty sure that i like rage tweeted (laughs) and maybe not on the timeline but definitely in dms to friends i was like how one how did he do that being a doctor and know that that was okay or think that that was okay yeah two He's like chief of the ED. So you're supposed to set an example for, you know, your em- technically employees, but your coworkers. Like, why Why would you do that? It just mm-hmm. does not make sense. So, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't surprise me. Like, you know, he had his gallbladder removed. He was probably having issues or whatever. But the reason mm-hmm. he was probably having digestive issues is because of all the pressure and the stress he puts on himself. Yep. Ethan. 
I did um I did like the little snippet where like Sabina asked April or something and April was like typical Ethan mm-hmm. and Sabina's face was like oh okay oh this is a thing okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, but I will say when Ethan could punch Will in the face and I am not ready for that day so like please don't hurt precious baby Will Hall said I didn't say it. Jennifer said it. I didn't say it. <laughs> I'm only saying it because he did that with Marcel. So yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't want that to happen. If Ethan punches Will in the face after he's punched Marcel, like that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. You might have a hostile work environment if that's the yeah. case. And if that really is the case, Ethan, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'll just never get on board with you. Like, I feel like maybe I could now, but if that would ever happen nope sorry they just they just really pour it on thick that ethan is a hard ass yeah like i'm all for i'm all about knowing more about marcel and verani and everybody i mean mm-hmm. tell me everything you want to but also tell me more about ethan yeah there's got to be more to him than him just being a hard ass right mm-hmm. and i feel like maybe that'll come in with dean archer mm-hmm. which i thought it was interesting how we didn't see him this episode but he could have had like the shift off or something. Who knows? So yeah. yeah. Who knows? So Megan said, I am here for the Choi Verani interaction. Just put them together already. Her thing she's got going with Will is completely unnecessary. So it sounds like everybody's kind of on board the uh, the Choi and Verani train. I am only because I kind of think Will needs to be alone for a little bit. He is better when he's single. That's a safe statement to say, don't you think? Yeah. He doesn't make as many like rash decisions. I mean, he still does because as Will Hall said, but not as much, I feel like. So, hmm. yeah. Hmm. I didn't hate him with Hannah though. I didn't. And I think it's because they didn't work in the ED together like a lot, if at all. You know, whereas him and yeah. Natalie were constantly like crossing paths i mean that and 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 the mystery to me with that one is you know did will actually love hannah or did he just want to save her and yeah that's that's been like the number one question that we wanted to ask nick ever since that storyline yeah so yeah i don't know i don't know take us through casey so casey said i'm not here for the ethan will dr ronnie love triangle i don't like how they always put ethan and will against each other can't we all just get along in parentheses of course not (laughs) yep right right no it's mad why would anyone get along but we can't get along and the characters can't be happy because it would be boring which is completely true which i hate to say it's true but like also i'm okay for having one episode where like no one's in a fight like just give me like happy characters yeah you know absolutely like all that i want so there's the, the prime example i give of this is like early early season like maybe season two or season three of fire i don't know something really really early um in the days of dossie there was a period where we had happy dossie and i'm not gonna lie after x amount of episodes it started to get boring oh definitely mm-hmm. yeah so no i don't boring. want like four or five episodes of it just one like just one that, yeah, just you know then i'm then i don't get annoyed with anyone mm-hmm so. <laughs> we just want one week where we're not rage tweeting about a character on med sure. is that so hard goodness except i'm never rage tweeting about mansell so that's a plus there's two characters there because so. their chemistry is off the charts yes yeah yeah 
Samantha said, when it comes to Verani, I'm Team Choi. All right, another one for Team Choi. Dr. Verani has so much more chemistry with Ethan than she does with Will. Plus, like I've said before, Will doesn't need to date every woman he works closely with. We haven't had a love triangle in Med in a while, so I guess it's time for one again. But please let Ethan be the winner of this one. That's all I'm asking. So the April, Marcel, and Ethan love triangle, that was last season though, right? Yeah, because that's when Marcel came in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like Ethan's getting into these love triangles pretty quickly. So, well, it feels like a while because we had a seven month hiatus. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So interesting that everybody seems to be in favor of Ethan and Dr. Verani. Is anybody out there who's in favor of Will and Dr. Verani? Like, let us know. Yeah. And is there a ship name for Troy and Verani? Like, what would that be? Chirani? That sounds, that sounds good. Reminds me of like Chobani yogurt. Same, same. I don't know why, but it does. Choi Rani? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I think Chirani is probably the easiest one, right? Yeah, I'm definitely here for it though. <laughs> Sub-Ethan? <laughs> no, that just sounds weird. It does weird. Does I think because a lot of the ship names are... Verani or Chirani. You got to go back and say that again. You froze again. Um, I feel like a lot of the ship names are of their last names. Mm-hmm. So definitely Chirani. Chirani. It's official. We've done it. We've named them. That is done. <laughs> yes. So moving on to April. Poor April is on the worst coffee run ever. Seriously. Ever. Ever. So she has her coffee, she's crossing the street, and she magically comes across a guy with sheet metal in his leg. Do you ever have these moments that we have where you're seeing these calls and these rescues and you just stop and go, but how? Yeah. Although I was watching it and I was like, it's not like he was like on the street. It looked like he was in a building. So I think she just heard the screaming or something. I don't know. It was just weird. I was like, okay. Yeah, it was just weird. This is kind of her Izzy Stevens moment, though, because she clamps his artery with a wrench or with pliers. What the hell kind of tool is that? Right. Well, and then, like, she went into the toolbox with her gloves on. I was like, April, we're in the, you know, phase of COVID. And, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows where those tools have been? True story true story (laughs) but hey she did the best she could right yeah in in a situation like that like and I'm not a morning person we all know that so if that's me and I'm coming across this even if I'm a nurse I like can't see straight I got my coffee I'm like I have to put it in my body before I can speak the words so she did the best she could in that situation like oh for sure yeah so they get to med and she's greeted by Lannick with the good hair you know yeah um what what is your opinion of Lanik this season and why is his hair amazing? Go. Um, I like him. At times he's just annoyed me, like with his like not bluntness, but I don't know. He just seems like a jerk sometimes, but I do like him. So and I like the long hair. Everyone's yes. had long hair though. So the hair is so good. It. It's so yes. good. Yeah. It's so good. So yeah, so they arrive and Lanik just like straight up chastises her for her, her work. You know, the, the work she did in the field in the middle of a trauma, you know, where she just kind yeah. of had to make do with what she had. Lanik's like, by yeah, herself. Let, by herself, yes. Yep. Let's just go ahead and chastise her. Okay, jerk. 
yeah jerk and then just takes her off the case and she's just like really after i just did all that just wasn't no okay don't but, like it but props to her for trying to flex and scrub in yep shout out to you um yeah what were you gonna say when he said like i appreciate your enthusiasm i was like do you really know because you're taking her off the case and you know just talking down to her like no don't yeah no it's the talking down to her that really makes me mad yeah like really mad the i appreciate your enthusiasm that's corporate speak for like i get it but but the you're an ed nurse okay well that that is what she is are you trying to put her in her place what are you doing don't talk to her like that yeah yeah she's an ed nurse who came across the situation to help and that's exactly what she did and she did her best with what she had yep so mm. and uh, that meant using pliers or a wrench or whatever so <laughs> what hey. tool is that <laughs> props to her for improvising though i just yeah. have to say that hell yeah good job hell yeah but Latham or Latham, I was about to say Latham, <laughs> and then I was like, no, no, wrong doctor whose name starts with L. Lanik, yep. he gets in her head though because she's watching the surgery and she tells the nurse, she's like, what if I cost this guy his leg, like or worse? He got in her head. Yep. Like you saved the day, you saved his life. Like you know, he's just that. so like back and forth with her because then the end comes and it's like. But you just chastised her and put her down. You know. Yes. Okay. How backhanded of a compliment was that at the end? I I was just like, really? Or I mean, why? Why do you need to say that after you just did that? I mean, yes, please say it. She is a great nurse, but like you literally just talked down to her before. Yeah. It's such a backhanded compliment. Like it's really assholey of Lanik it's not nice yeah so he he basically like apologizes without apologizing at the end because he's like listen I didn't realize how much blood he lost so like you saved his life you know Mm -hmm. and then he says pretty good for a nurse you should have gone to med school I would have been all about the latter half of that sentence if it didn't come with the first part yeah 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 totally backhanded however is this direction is this the direction we're going in where we're gonna like point April towards med school because Oh my God. Yes, please. Hell yes. I want it now. Let's do it. I hope so. They've talked about it. They've hinted at, at it because of the whole Noah stuff. Please, please, pretty please. Yes. With cherries on top. I want to see it so bad as yep. I cross all of my fingers. Yeah. Please, please. It can be done. It can be done. Did you ever watch Royal Pains, Jennifer? No, I have not. So, oh, now granted, this is where the show ended, but they there's a physician's assistant on that show named Divya and the show ends with her going off to med school. It can be done. Yep. It's happening on 911. Yes, with Hen. Yep. Good point. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want Yaya to leave, but I know that like TV shows can do it because mm-hmm. 911's doing it with, I mean, 911 isn't as intense, I guess, as like the Chicago shows, but they're doing it on there. They can do it with April. So yes, yes. And then suits, um, suits sent rate or what's her name? Rachel. Yeah, suits yeah. sent Rachel to law school while she was working at the law firm. It can be done. It can be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and let's April's it. not occupied by anything else. So you know, let's let's take her to med school. 
Let's see it. Maybe does- she meet Emily there. Emily Foster. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Oh. And then she just comes back to the eating. It's like, I saw Emily the other day. She's good. Yeah. Oh. Or tells Kelly. Oh, I would love that. Yep. He's love like, that. tell the tell 51. Emily says hi or whatever. How does Ethan react to this if April's like, I'm going to med school? I don't know. Does he talk down to her too? I feel like she gets talked down to by guys a lot. Yep. I agree with that. Or Ethan tries to control her or something. I'd agree with that. I don't know. She doesn't use her words with Ethan, though. Yeah. And when she tries to, it doesn't come out the the way that she wants it to. Mm -hmm. It's sad that I I think that, and I'm like, how would everybody in the ED react to her going to med school? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Will would be thrilled. Crockett would be thrilled. Goodwin would be thrilled. Ethan, I don't know. Would he be thrilled or would he be jealous? He'd or not probably, jealous, but like. Like standoffish in a way. Yeah. Like I feel like he would have a really hard time adjusting to her being his peer. Yeah. Um, I feel like he would be happy for her like in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And then at some point kind of talk to her about it and like share his reservations. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he'll, he'll probably like try and scare her out or out of it. Like, you know, you don't know what you'll see. It's a lot of work. It's very tiring. Like anything he'll, <laughs> any, he'll say anything to like, try and talk her out of it. I could see it. I could see it. So Zach says April coming in to treat an injured construction worker was great to see. And Lannick could have at least been a bit more considerate and less of an ass by allowing April to scrub up with him. But eventually he relented by realizing that's what she did. She saved the man's leg and his life. And Lannick's comment about how April should become a doctor. If we get a storyline that leads to her pursuing such, I'm here for it. Amen. Same. Same, same, same. Same, same. Same, same, same. Take us through Allie. So Allie said April was amazing this episode, saving that guy's leg. And she would be an amazing doctor. Do you guys think they could potentially be setting her up to leave to go to med school i personally wouldn't mind if yaya decided to leave but april is also an amazing nurse and could definitely take over for maggie as head nurse in the future i'm not I worried like about it to see that i'm not worried about it i would like to kind of see her take over for maggie as head nurse in the future mm-hmm. just because we've kind of seen her take on that role mm-hmm. um but i'm only here for it if april doesn't decide med school where does maggie go i don't know hmm Maybe like admin somewhere. I I feel like she likes to be like all in on things. Can they be co-nurses in charge? Possibly. Hmm. Hmm. But I I mean, they need another nurse in there, I feel like. So yeah, yeah, I'd be cool with that. Megan said, April has been killing it these past few weeks. I just love her when she's not with Ethan. Oh my God, same. I know you guys love Lanik. I do too, but he pissed me off this week. Girl, same, same. He should have just let April scrub in. Maggie did it all the time with Connor and that's because he asked first and then it became a routine. Great point. Great point. It's not so much that he wouldn't let her scrub in. That bugged me. It's the way he talked to her. obviously experience i mean so does april but maybe maggie and connor just 
kind of worked better together. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's possible. So. So Samantha said. Yeah, go ahead. Good job. (laughs) April may be considering med school and I'm all here for it. She definitely has a knack for it and there's no denying her hearts in it. The look on her face when Lanik said she should have gone to med school makes me think she might be doing just that. She didn't go to med school so Noah could, but there's nothing holding her back now. I would love to see Nurse Sexton become Dr. Sexton. Yes! Yes! All for it! Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Fingers crossed that it happens. Like, please don't bait and switch us. This would be so good. I want to see um, one of them kind of take on something outside of the hospital, like personal wise, mm-hmm. you know, like how we had seen Casey with his construction, mm-hmm. the early seasons of fire. I kind of want to see that with men. Hmm. So, Interesting. Know. Interesting. Hmm. Yep. So last up, we've got Maggie. This was a quick one. Um, Maggie got the letter back from the adoption service about her daughter. So um, she couldn't open it. And then she did. And all we see is her face. We don't know what it said. Yep. Mm. Was her face like a shocked look? Or did it kind of like pan away from it I can't remember it was it was one of those that was like kind of ambiguous like it could have been could have been like exhilaration it could have been disappointment it was kind of it could have gone either way yeah so yeah I don't know I guess we'll see any other thoughts on med um I mean I just thought about it more so in that you know where April was working in the field I was like do they just not address COVID anymore Cause it's non, it's been non-existent in the last few episodes. And then the preview for next week, it's like all about COVID. Were like, any of those like onlookers masked? I can't remember. I don't think a single one of them was. And April wasn't walking down the street, walking down a busy street. I was like, oh my God. And I then get- I noticed it in the room where like, um, Choi and Will were working together. Like the daughter wasn't masked. She was like up close and personal with Will. It's like, oh, it's yeah, just- but keep in mind there, Ethan and Will are both vaxxed and that the ED is the bubble. It's the bubble yeah. where everybody tests negative. Um, right. It's, it's more outside the ED that I'm like, seriously, people like, and yeah. I get it. I get they don't want it to be like COVID, COVID, COVID all the time, but yeah. like make it look a little bit more reminiscent to real life. Right. Yeah. You know, so have you and gotten I your vaccine they- yet? No, I haven't. I had my first dose last week. I need to get mine. Yeah. My state just opened up to everybody. I don't know what Illinois is doing. Yeah, I don't know either, but I was going to like go to the Walgreens or whatever and be kind of one of the last ones like for the day, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of save the, save the extras. So, so, but yeah, it's crazy. It's, it, it's yeah. Hopefully we're on the back end of this. I hope so. I know. Hope so. But yeah. Moving into fire. Oh, fire, 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 fire. Okay. We're going to start off with Brett and Violet. This was a good episode. It was a little frustrating, but like not bad. Yeah. Okay. So Violet's filling in until they find a replacement for Mackie. Our girl Violet is back. I'm going to take this moment to plug our Hanako Greensmith interview, which you will hear at the end of this episode. Hanako is a gem. A gem. I did not get to partake in this interview. Had a work thing. But she is fantastic, and I cannot wait to have her back on again because you will love listening to her interview with Bryna. Love it. Love it, love it. I just she, need her to be on full-time and never leave. 
She's yeah. great, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Violet's filling in and Gallo is literally running away to avoid the awkward. Those two are so cute. I can't stand it. Yeah, I just, I love everything about them. Like I loved Mackie and Gallo, but Violet and Gallo, oh my God, they're just adorable. Are you like me in that you just couldn't choose between Mackie or Violet? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I basically love any ship. Like, I'm just here for it. I mean, just give me all of the happy. As long as the characters are happy, like in the ships, I'm I'm cool with that. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like, I don't really have a preference over, like, ships. I'm not like, oh, my God, I hate them. If, if I don't like them, I mean, I'm neutral, so. Okay, well, I can't say that with all shows, though. Like... Oh but yeah, no. I, I think in one Chicago land, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much just like whoever's happy with whoever is fine. But like, yeah. I just I know in the Saved by the Bell reboot, I haven't seen it yet, but I know that Jesse and Slater are not together, and I'm like, what is this bullshit? It's Jesse and Slater. Yeah, like there's some ships that just have to be together. Did you watch Fuller House? Yes, I did. Um, DJ and Steve Forever. What is this business with the vet? Right yeah it just didn't make sense to have it with the vet it was definitely dj and steve all the way always dj and yeah dj and steve all the way dj steve yes yes steve for the win steve forever you know though i wouldn't have minded matt and stephanie together though like had they not hooked up matt and dj i would have been oh matt the vet yeah Ooh, ooh! i never thought about that (laughs) i would have been cool with matt and stephanie had they not hooked up um dj with him i was very happy that stephanie found her happy ending with kimmy's brother though yeah i thought it was a good like kind of full circle from Mm -hmm. full house you know yeah her like getting annoyed with kimmy and then she falls in love with his brother so with her brother so so the 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 old narrative of just like i want the characters to be happy it doesn't apply to every show but yeah oh yeah but when chicago i'm just like whoever's happy um also i was lucas and peyton forever even though lucas is trash i don't know how you felt about one tree hill but yeah (laughs) lucas and peyton i wasn't a huge fan of both those characters but i did ship them so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah side note since you were talking 911 earlier we need to talk about that lone star mid-season finale that just i just thought about that so sorry that this is how my brain works i i had to think back to it because i'm like wait what happens <laughs> but then i remember um, exactly what you're talking about that scene so think, yeah. think season three of one tree hill only yep. now <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah so gallo sweet baby cinnamon roll gallo literally running from the awkwardness and he even tells ritter he's like i get weird when i'm around her we know we know yeah we know i love that gallo and ritter are I mean, they're just like the new Casey and Severide. Aren't but, they though? But they never have fought. Like they right. never have like a falling out or whatever. So, I mean, they're just, they're so precious. I love it. So cute. Protect at all costs. Yes. Please. So Brett has a list of potential replacements for Mackie. She's really not that thrilled with any of them. She's just like, whatever. Like, hey, yeah. what about this person, Jovi? Bowden's like, I'll call around. And he, she just mentions to Bowden, she's like, it's my fourth partner in four years. Like, mm. the second paramedic spot is like defense against the dark arts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like Hunger Games, who can survive. 
Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. I can make these references and you get them. Bryna does Harry Potter references are lost on Bryna. Oh, I I don't know Harry Potter, but I just thought <laughs> Hunger Games like the odds may ever may be in your favor, but <laughs> Oh, goodness. But uh, when she said that, it like broke my heart. I was like, it really has been. I know. And it's and tough she for was her. the one she was the one that like came in to replace Shay. Yeah. So, yeah. Just yeah. It's sad. Poor girl. So this Jovi person, not an option either. She's going full-time mom. So Gallo tells Ritter that he can't keep talking to Violet because he always makes an ass of himself, which is exactly right. It's exactly the reason why he should keep talking to Violet because the scenes are cold. But also like, it's going to be a little hard to do. So yeah. Because you, know. you work together now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Gallo asks Ritter to start talking over him if he does start talking to her. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Okay, so Casey finds Brett and they're talking about this guy Ogle to be, you know, her next partner. And they mm-hmm. actually have this really sweet moment. You know why you've had all those different partners, right? Because they leave? Sylvie, they leave because you've lifted them up been a great partner and an even better teacher. You cheered Foster on, gave her the confidence to go back to med school. You taught Mackie so well that in six months with you, she was capable of moving to a leadership position. (laughs) Make people better, trust me, I know. She really needed to hear that. Yeah, she did. I, that's like the perfect way to reframe it too. It's it's not anything bad. It, It really is that Brett lifts them up. Yeah. She needed that confidence boost for mm-hmm. sure. Big time. Yeah. Big time. But I mean, I, I want her to like lift Violet up. I feel like Violet's kind of like already pretty confident as a paramedic. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, I don't want Violet to leave after like a season. No, I think I, I don't think Brett's gonna change the way she is. I think Brett's gonna no. keep being Brett and she is gonna lift Violet up, but yeah, Violet wants to stick around. So yeah. Yeah. So. So I just loved what Matt said about no compromising. He says, go get the partner you really want. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. You deserve it. Go do the thing. And so Sylvie takes Casey's advice, straight up asks Violet, like, stick around, be my partner. And she's like, yeah, like, I don't even need to hear your reasons. I'm in. And she just says, I only need one getting the chance to be your partner. I'm so looking forward to these two being a duo. Same. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be so good. And we've like met Violet before. So I definitely feel like we already know her pretty well. You know, so. And if we just, just, go ahead. I'm just here for the Violet Gallo Ritter of it all. Like, yeah, give it to me. Well, and plus if this just so happens to bring us another like gem hookup. Okay. Yeah. I'm cool with it. You know, I'm cool. That's fine. So later on at Molly's, Violet tells Gallo and Ritter that, you know, she's full-time. And so Ritter just goes, you're going to have to pull yourself together. Like, you know that, don't you? And Gallo laughs and he just goes, this is going to be a disaster. (laughs) So Brett brings Casey a beer, thanks him for his advice. And she just says, point is, I went after the partner I wanted. No compromises. What you said meant a lot, Matt. You're a good friend and a good captain. I liked it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, ha- he watches out for everyone there, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Sometimes he can be a jerk, but I think he has good intentions, so. Right. This is just like last week or two weeks ago when Bowden kind of gave Mouch that pep talk of what he really needed to hear. Brett really needed to hear that. Yeah, 
for yeah. sure. So it was good. It was really good. Zach said, I enjoyed the little Bretzy moments we got in tonight's episode. The scenes at the firehouse and at Molly's were great moments. And having Casey give Brett encouragement as she finds a replacement was heartwarming. The fact that they were just talking again made me smile, hoping for more moments like this in the last episodes to come. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach also said, I'm glad to know, I, I scrolled too quickly. There we go. I'm glad to know Violet will be staying around. It'll be fun to see how she will interact with everyone at the firehouse, especially if we get more scenes with her and Gallo. As for Stella, thinking of her being a jinx, that might have been her stressing a little bit with the lieutenant's yeah. exam. However, it was awesome to know that she was wanting to stay on as Brett's partner just after Brett received awesome encouragement from Casey to convince her to stay on at 51. It was nice to know that the feeling was mutual and I can't wait to see them together again next week. Yeah. So Allie said, Violet is staying at 51. I'm going to miss Mackie, but if anyone had to take over, I'm glad it's Violet. I'm so excited to see her and Brett on Ambo as well as more hilarious interactions with Gallo. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Casey said, I'm so glad that Violet's staying at 51. I absolutely love her dynamic with Gallo and Ritter and hope we get to see that more. It's also hilarious to see how Gallo turns into a little boy around Violet. Isn't it though? It is. And it's like, it's a little comedic storyline, like an extra one yeah. Than the, than the other one that we get. So I love it. Well, and it's hilarious too, because I think Gallo's got game. It's just that he overthinks it and trips over himself when she's around. Yeah, for sure. So funny. So funny. So um, she also said, I absolutely love, wait, no, I read the wrong thing. Hold on. Where was I? Oh, crap. Hey, when this happens. No, you were on the right one. Okay, good. Can you see? Yep, I was. Sorry, thought I was on the wrong one. I absolutely love the Bretzy scenes in this episode. I hope what Matt said about Sylvie getting the partner she wants and deserves with no compromises is foreshadowing of what is to come between Sylvie and Matt. I hope Matt realizes soon that he does want to be with Sylvie and that she still wants to be with him. What say you on the Bretzy situation? I'm neutral on it. <gasps> I'm not like, I love Brett Tacey. I'm not against it. I'm neutral. Ooh. But I was also neutral on Dossie. Like, I wasn't really you know here for it not against it so Ooh. yeah interesting this is just helping them like strengthen their bond i like it yeah they've got a good friendship as a foundation yeah yeah um so stephanie said so many feelings on this week's brett tacy i mean it was friendship but then but it was them and i loved it matt needs to stop being an idiot the longer he waits the worse it could end up being for him mm-hmm. also it felt like matt was trying to tell her was telling her to be with who she wants to be romantically and not just a partner almost as if he was letting her go to be happy but i think this is opening the feelings back up for sylvie especially when he says you lift everyone up and make them better people i should know like dude don't do that to a girl who believes she can't have you and also tell her that she should be with who she wants to be in the same breath oh i agree i I like that take yeah i agree so um, also like i'm here for the brett and granger though like i need to see him again mm-hmm. i don't so. hate it i don't hate it yeah i don't yeah. hate it so oh i if like it, stephanie's point like if that's what casey needs to make that you know if he needs a nudge like by all means but i am here for the brett and granger so we'll there, there, there's been a lack of granger in the past couple of episodes i'm gonna need that to be fixed yeah because, I mean, he's not hard to look at. Not so. at all. No. Although, we are recording this on April 1st, and it is technically April Fool's Day, so I guess what we're supposed to be like is, oh, he's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. 
so hard to look at. Not at all. Not at no. all. No. <laughs> so Kristen says, it feels like night and day since 902, but their interactions last night gave me the same butterflies that 902 did. I know the Gabby problem hasn't been resolved, but with all the miscommun- miscommunication we've seen between them since episode two, it was nice to see that at the core of their relationship, they can still communicate. And boy, when they do, it's like hard eye emojis all over the place. Oh, yeah. And then she said, there's so many little nuanced things in their interactions in this episode. So, and then she goes on to just kind of talk about like just tiny little actions, which I... I love this because I'm the same way. I'm just always like, oh my God, like the way he put her hand on his shoulder in this scene. I'm that nerd. So love yeah. it. Um, she said Casey's head tilt after Breath said it's my fourth partner in four years. You know, he just wanted to fix everything for her. That's cute. Um, yeah. Lifting her up, encouraging her, reminding her what a badass paramedic she is. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, she also said, side note, it's absolutely crushing knowing that Brett, more than ever, has so many insecurities in or to any and all of her relationships that it's nice to see little moments of Stella and Matt lifting her up and reminding her otherwise. Yeah, man. It yeah. was better than Lanark in April. True story. That is what your friends are supposed to do. If your friends are not there to talk you yep. up at any and all times, you need to do you some evaluation. Yep. You need new friends. Yeah. Yeah, that is what your friends should be doing, is talking you up at always. Yep. yep. Because you are amazing. You do deserve everything. Yep. It's that simple. That's simple. Um, yeah, so a lot of other, like, just small actions that are really cute. Um, and then she also said, you just don't write these scenes this way for characters that aren't Endgame. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, so interesting. So Samantha said, I really hope that... N- I really hope that now that Violet's at 51, we get more Violet and Gallo scenes, more of their romance in particular. I loved Violet and Gallo as a couple or whatever it was they were. Their banter was so funny and their chemistry was undeniable. I've always preferred Gallo with Violet over Gianna. And I'm super excited to see what happens now that they're both at the same firehouse. Mm -hmm. Then she said, I loved the Bratacy scene scene we got in this episode. It was so sweet and pure. And it reminded me why I love Bratacy so much. Brett really need to, needed to hear those words. I think they meant even more coming from Casey. Her partners do leave because she lifts them up. She's a great leader, and it's about time that she realizes that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Sylvie, Sylvie needs to know her worth. Yeah, know her sure. worth. For yes. sure. Yes, love it. Love it. Um, and I definitely think that we'll see more Violet and Gallo scenes um i'm hoping that it is more of the romance but who knows we'll see mm-hmm. yeah um give me all of the violet and gallo i would i would watch an hour of that how about a double date between violet and gallo and eric and ritter and his boyfriend <sighs> i die that would be amazing i want I it i feel like we've already kind of had a little scene of that like maybe gallo met i think it was eric was his name but I need a double date. So at Molly's at another bar, I don't care. I just need a double date. I need it. I need it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Someone go write that fanfic because I want to read that. Um, I don't spend as as much time on the fan fiction sites as I, as I, I I wish I could, but um, I wonder if any new Violet and Gallo fix have popped up lately. And if you know of any, send them to us, please. I don't really read fire fan fiction and I actually haven't read fan fiction in a little bit. So what? I need to get back into it. Yeah. Jennifer. Yeah. Dude. I know. 
it's bad <laughs> um Bryna will probably kill me for revealing this but she started writing a fanfic the other day like a one shot that is going to be like absolutely heartbreaking so is it Mansell related it is Surely not, not. It okay. is not. It you don't is say not. if it's heartbreaking. That's not Mansell. No, no. Um, she's gonna kill me for that. But that's all I'll say before I get myself into more trouble. Sometimes you just gotta get the feels out. Sometimes you just gotta head cannon, and you just gotta get it out of your brain. Yep. Yep. No shame. No shame. Moving into Mouch. Okay, this is where like drunk Gina was at her peak on Chicago Wednesday. Okay, I thought this was so freaking funny like so funny definitely was oh my god every single part of this made me laugh harder than the previous one and yeah it could have been the alcohol but also really funny really really funny okay so mouch learns that bill maloney senior died and he's like freaking out and everybody's just like what what are you freaking out about like whatever mouch whatever they get back from a call. Mouch gets a phone call and he's super excited because he has an audition for Pipes and Drums. It's the fire It's the fire department band that plays the funeral marches. Okay. Yeah. Spots only open up in this band when someone dies. So, yeah. So it's like a like an honor society or something? Like you're in it for life, pretty much. Right? like the supreme court yeah <laughs> lifetime yeah. appointments yeah I, I guess so i guess so but also the fact that he's so stoked for the band that plays the funeral marches yeah it's kind of funny i mean hey hmm. Hmm. okay so cruz sees mouch opening up someone's locker and the, the locker says bags on it bags with 2g it's not a person. It's where Mouch has been keeping his bagpipes the whole time since yep. he and Trudy got married. Amazing. The fact that Trudy doesn't want to hear his bagpipe playing, though. Like, I can just see that conversation happening. It's it's so, it's so perfect. And it's so yeah. them. Yep. Oh, my God. And Cruz is like, you realize there are guys on first shift that like don't have space for their stuff, right? And Mouch goes, dreams need lockers too, Joe. <laughs> Dead. Dead. That was all over Twitter last night. And I was just like, that, that is just an iconic line. I love it. It's so funny. But literally it gets better and better because at first he's like, dreams need lockers too, Joe. Well, then there's like a super loud sound coming from out of nowhere. Everybody goes running, thinking it's some sort of crazy emergency. And it's Mouch practicing the bagpipes in the shower. And then Herman has has another hilarious line. Oh, my God. He's like, this is a workplace and you're interrupting my nap. (laughs) I just love that. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. So Bowden's oh. like, would you quit it? Like, what are you doing? And Mouch is like, I can't practice at home. Like, I can't do it. Oh my God. Trudy, like you were saying, that that conversation between Trudy and Mouch must be just like, I could just hear Mouch like practicing and Trudy like bounding up the stairs and be like, no, no, no. We yep. talked about this. No. <laughs> yeah. And Mouch is like, but but sweetie, like I got to do it. You know, and his, all of his cute little nicknames for her. Oh my god i need more plouch <laughs> oh my god it's so funny so then herman starts talking about the voice and he's like nice little nbc plug there but yeah. herman's like listen it's not necessarily about like how you play like you need the best sob story to go into your audition yeah. and then because it just keeps getting better mouch asks the millennials to help him make a tiktok and it's the way he phrases it he's like who is the best tiktok 
person. <laughs> Didn't he say something about like you young people or something? Something like that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is this is everything that I needed and more. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I'm pretty sure we've all had this headcanon at one point or another where Mouch has gone to Gallo and Ritter and been like, how do I do this? Like, yeah. help me make a, tw- a TikTok. Oh Mouch is definitely like Dr. Charles when it comes to his like devices. He's like, um, I need help doing a simple little thing. I love it. Yeah. Oh my god, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, the little like interaction between Violet and Gallo, like about TikTok, was just hilarious too. I was like, Okay, I, I don't remember this. All- what what happened there? I don't totally remember it either. It was something about like followers or something like the most viewed tiktoks i don't know but i was like i need more of this violet and gallo mm-hmm. i would take an hour of just them yeah you know so yeah. and maybe like even throw ritter in there mm-hmm. even a little bit of stella because stella would definitely get in on it too i love it i love it gallo and ritter holding the green screen just like and then they were like or violet said i need it you know pulled out more and then it just kept dropping <laughs> like i was like i just love this so much um, it's it's the best yeah i i really miss when like miranda was on miranda and alberto and um and daniel like they all had their tiktoks they were so much fun i love that they were that they used tiktok and not just like some other made-up platform yeah you know for sure i was like but i also need to see this tiktok like Mm -hmm. i i need someone to actually share it because i know that it's good yeah absolutely so Mouch gets a reminder. His audition is the day of. It's not two days from then. It's the day. Uh, But he has to perform a different piece than the one he's been prepping. So uh, he doesn't get the gig, but his video will be shown at the Chicagoland Celtic Classic. So, so funny. It's the little things for Mouch. This might be up there with some of my favorite comedic storylines. Like this might be number two behind Kruzumba. It was pretty good. It was so funny. Just the commotion of like, everybody's like, the hell is that noise? And then it's just yeah. Mouch playing bagpipes in the shower. Yeah. I liked how they kind of brought in, um, you know, like a little bit of Mouch's like personal background. It yeah, wasn't yeah. like it was, you know, he built some equipment or something. It was it was a little bit of his story, his personal life. So do you have TikTok? Yeah. Um, I have it solely for like a few TikToks. I don't go on it a lot, but when I do, it's a rabbit hole. So isn't it though? Yeah, I have it just to lurk. Like creating is too much time, um, but I have it just to lurk. And I mean, some of them are really funny. There's actually a guy. I don't know if you've come across this account, but uh, there is a guy who is a first responder, and I want to say it's in Chicago. But he basically like inserts himself into these medical shows to assess like what's accurate and what's not. Um, so he's done the couple with 911 and Lone Star. Uh, he's really funny, actually. It's like Firefighter Chronicles or something like that. Um, it, it, there's some really funny channels out there. Yeah. So it's hilarious. So uh, I don't know who this one is from, but somebody said Mouch's storyline of auditioning for Pipes and Drums had to be one of the funniest subplots in the season, if not the whole series. From finding out he's been hiding his bagpipes in a spare locker after Trudy told him to get rid of them five years ago, it's definitely one hell of a dream he wants to come true. 
from playing the bagpipes in the bathroom to getting help from Ritter, Gallo, and Violet to make a video to help sell himself for his audition, only to find out he has to play a recommended piece for the audition. And while he didn't succeed at his dream, it was great to know his video will be played to recruit people for pipes and drums. Regardless, this was a fantastic subplot that had me laughing the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. I love when the comedic storylines are like based around um, Herman or Mouch the most. Yeah. Because I feel like they just, they definitely get into like trouble there. Absolutely. And then they just rope in the millennials and it's just the best thing ever. It's so good. It's so good. Do you think Gallo and Ritter have TikToks? Um, I feel... I feel like Gallo does. I feel like that was a little mention, the TikTok mention. I'll have to go back and watch that. I think Ritter makes TikToks. I think Gallo just lurks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think Gallo. I think Gallo thinks it's silly to make them, but I think he definitely enjoys watching them. But like secretly wants to make them. He just doesn't really know how to go about it. Yeah. Because it's time consuming. I made one and I was like, never again. They are time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. I only downloaded TikTok for work for a client and I was like I, I'll never use this and then I'm like watching it so that's nice I, I wish it was like oh I have to download it for work no I just download it to waste time yeah but again some of them are really funny yeah yeah they are so some and of them I'm like I'm TikTok never getting those 30 seconds back other ones I'm like okay yeah. that was funny TikTok is as informational too so it can be okay. yeah yep yeah totally so go ahead um, so Allie said that storyline with Mouch and the audition had me dying of laughter. Did Mouch seriously think that the whole firehouse wouldn't hear him practicing the freaking bagpipes? <laughs> also, of course, the millennials suggested TikTok and a sob story for the audition. Mouch's Irish accent was hilarious, and I want to see a clip of just that video and his full audition. Yes, and- we didn't even mention that, the accent! Yes. Also, <laughs> can Wolf Entertainment please tweet that out? Put it on their TikTok something. Please? That was that's the behind the scenes content that I need. Yeah, like that. That's it. I just I need that. Well, and you remember when they did Cruzumba that they posted like the unedited cut of them all dancing and just like having a blast and everything. Like I need that. Yeah. That. Yep. So funny. So funny. Oh my god, Christian kills the comedy storylines. Like kills them. So funny. He really does. Oh my gosh. Okay, moving into Stella. So Stella has hung pictures up on the wall above her bunk. And it's a wall of basically inspirational women. I love it. I love it. Okay. Totally Jen, you have to make a wall of inspirational women. Go. No limit. Anybody. So obviously Stella Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like one Chicago because that's all that can come to mind right now. So Stella Kid, Kim Burgess. Trudy Platt solely for her sarcasm. <laughs> um, Haley Upton just because like she's just beautiful and I love her. Um, Natalie Manning because I feel like she's very gutsy. Maggie because I just love her. Um, you could pretty much put all the one Chicago women, couldn't you? Pretty much, yeah. Love it. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Inspiring women. Okay, celebrities, historical figures, inspirational women you'd put on your wall, go. Um, anyone else besides one Chicago, I would say 
like maybe Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow from Friends. Okay. Um, Maybe Courtney Cox too. I just love the Friends ladies. Mm -hmm. Um, Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and Parenthood because I love her. Mm -hmm. It's mostly just because like I love them and their work. Um, Who else? I don't know. Like I guess just some of like my childhood ones would be like Hilary Duff. Mm-hmm. I love her. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think mine would be a mix of like real life people and fictional characters. I've mentioned it before yeah. how like I, I kind of want to start a collection of like Funko Pops for my desk at work where it's yeah. like different inspirational TV characters. So um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, gotta be, yeah. RBG. Um, Dolly Parton, I freaking love her. I freaking yeah. love her. And she's just like in control, right? Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, if we get into the fictional characters, I have Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. I have Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy. Olivia Benson, SVU, got all yeah. the way to the top. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, inspirational women to put on my wall. Who else would I put? Who else would I put? Um, Somebody like Jennifer Garner. I don't know if I would put Jennifer Garner, but maybe someone like her just because of her heart. Like she has such a good heart. Yeah. But that's kind of where I'd start. Yeah. Mine, I think, would be more like fictional characters. Maybe some celebrities thrown in there too, but. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So um, Stella's got her aunt. She's got Pam Greer, Misty Copeland, and then she's got Gloria Hill, who is the CFD's first and only female deputy commissioner. Didn't get to cross-check this though and see if like that was a real, if she was like a real person or just an actor. Um, I didn't want to, I I didn't get to cross-check that though. So. Um, Severide like threw in a little mention. Um, He was kind of like, I see it's just all women up there. Hell yeah, it's all women. And I was like, yeah, what's the problem with that? right you know and then she kind of she was like my uncle's up there I mean he's kind of hidden behind my aunt I was like Stella you don't need to like explain yourself like you're good girl you are good yeah Yeah. and he didn't mean it as in like what the hell it was you know he's supportive boyfriend yeah 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 I just I was like huh okay just take that but yeah so then while they're out on their call Stella almost gets blown up by a dryer can we not I don't know why we need to hurt the firefighters like every other episode. It's it's because it's a dangerous job. I mean, it is a dangerous job, but like she just had that beautiful moment with the wall of inspiration. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. This poor girl though. So back at 51, her photos start falling off the wall one by one. Um, and then when they're on their way to the second call of shift, the tire blows when she says she hits a pothole she didn't see. This poor Stella. Poor Stella, but also the potholes are not nothing to joke about so (laughs) poor girl i feel so bad for her so the only thing that stella can come up with it is is it's that violet is the jinx which like that's kind of funny it's funny because like they just introduced her like as a Mm full-time um paramedic but i'm also like stella i don't know you're just like you're stressed she's in her head yeah Yeah. she's in her head yeah It's funny. Um, and then she says, she's like, my shift started great. I made out with Kelly in the car before we headed into the firehouse. Why didn't we see that? I thought that it was in there and I just missed like the first little part of fire. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. But if it wasn't in there, then uh, 
I guess I didn't miss anything. But I love I how she just added that in, like subtle flex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like, she okay, says, we see "You, we see you, we see you. We go yep. on, girl. Mm-hmm. We yep. know, we know." <laughs> and then she says, "I came inside. I had a nice cup of coffee, hung my pictures up. Everything's hunky dory." And that's when Violet arrived. <laughs> oh, Stella! Oh, Stella! Yeah. Goodness. So a big wig from CFD comes by, wants to talk to the driver of truck 81 and Stella goes into the briefing room and it's Gloria Hill. And Gloria just praises her for the way she handled the pothole. And she just says, I came here to shake hands with the man that got control of the rig and saved those kids' lives. It makes me really proud to know that it was a woman and a woman of color at that. Yep. Love it. So when she leaves, Stella fangirls to Severide about her interaction. And Severide just goes, you are something. And she's like, I am, aren't I? yes queen yes queen also the way that stella fangirls about her is the way that i feel like one chicago fans just fangirl about everyone it doesn't matter who it is accurate yep accurate (laughs) so good so good yeah see that that is the kind of energy that brett needs brett needs an injection of like that stella self-esteem yep love it love it yep okay so then we get into the case with like the main kind of case of the episode, which is really all the, all this stuff with the laundry mats, basically. Yeah. And we get detect or we get like arson severi, like sort of. It, it's good. It's good. It so is. stretch it out. There we go. Okay. So we start off, all of 51 gets called to a laundry mat that's caught on fire. They get the fire out. Everyone's fine. Mm-hmm. Kelly's just like, why the hell did that happen? Because all the dryers are electric. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Do you stand by our statement that Kelly Severide is like the smartest character in all three shows? He definitely is. He just is. I want him with me if there's any type of like emergency. I'm stuck some somewhere. I want him there. Okay, so so there is a new one Chicago podcast that has popped up. Um, they're called The Locker Room. And I, I love them. They're the, the things that yes. they're tweeting are so great. They do this question of the day that is so much fun. It's so yeah. much fun. They tweeted the other day about your zombie apocalypse team. You can only have three mm-hmm. actors from or three characters from one Chicago on your zombie apocalypse team. Who do you choose and why? I did not see yours go. Mine was, I think it was Jay, Stella, and Severide. Okay. What's your reasoning? So Jay, because the sniper, everyone was saying that. I was like, mm-hmm. well, obviously that's the smart one. Kelly, because he's just smart and would know what to do. And then Stella, I think I said just because she's a badass. Love it. And I like, it. I would want Stella ride together. Yes. So. Yes. I, I had Jay and Severide. And it, every single zombie apocalypse team that was a response on there, every single one of them had Jay and Severide. And then the last one was kind of a toss up. Yeah. So I said Jay and Severide, Jay for the sniper skills, Kelly, just because he knows everything about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course. And then I had Burgess. And I was like, I think just because she's fearless. Like, yeah. And she's adaptable. She can always yeah. kind of, you know, figure things out. Now, somebody did have a good point and was like, you need a medic. So you probably want like yeah. Jay and Kelly and like Brett slash Violet slash like take your pick. Yeah. Who do I, I pick in that it. instance? It's on, it's on, on a zombie apocalypse team, you know what? I think I take Jay, Jay Kelly, and Violet. Violet's ballsy. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone, I, I don't know who said it and I don't totally remember it but someone was like this person solely because you would need to like when you need to feed them to the zombies but i don't remember who it was and i was like that is a good response was it gorsh 
I don't know. I could find it though. I love I just, that so much. I love that account. And I love those questions of the day. They really like make you think. And they so really much like fun. You, yeah. And they make you like kind of consider different things. Like I would have never, I got Jane Kelly for my zombie apocalypse, but I was also like, wait, who's my third? Cause there's so many different options. That third was a toss up. Yeah. 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 All right. Let me find out. It was so much fun. Yeah. Their questions of the day are fantastic. So definitely yeah. give them a follow. It's the locker room OC. I am like so ready to listen to their podcast. They're there's, fun. Since Amidos and Molly's just came out, there's like two other podcasts, isn't there? There's yeah. the locker room and someone else. So yep. there's, there's us and then there's ladies night at Molly's and there's the locker room. Yep. Yeah, man. It's big one. Chicago family's just getting bigger. Yes. Love it. And yes, yes, like yes. all of the podcasts are a little bit different. So yeah, know, awesome. yeah, they sure are. So yeah, um, give them a follow because they're, they're doing some fun stuff. Like they're having a lot of fun over there. It's, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Okay. So yeah, Kelly's like all the gyres are electric. What the hell? While you're finding that, I'm going to keep going. So yeah. the very same shift, they get called to another laundromat fire. And this one also started in the dryer. So they start going through all the old incident reports to see if there's been any other calls to laundry mats. And there have been three more that week alone. Um, but there's no links between the, the, the laundry mats themselves. They're all just laundry mats with fires. And so it makes no sense. So as this is going on, Severide is just getting more and more confused and like more and more frustrated. He's like, I'm Kelly Severide. I know everything. Why isn't this working? So I found the tweet. What is it? So someone, it was Giovanna D on Twitter. Um, that's her display name. She said, Jay, because his sniper skills will be useful. Adam, because I bet his jokes on zombies are super funny. And Kelton, <laughs> because we need someone to throw the zombie while we run. That's <laughs> so good. And then the locker room responded with, hmm, Kelton, I like your thought process on that one. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And Adam would like, I mean, Adam could bring some survival skills to the game. Like, you know, oh, definitely. he's like a Jay and Kelly hybrid. Like he, he'd, he'd be crafty and find a way around yeah. things and survive. And then he's got the gun skills. Yep. Yep. Kelton defeated the zombies. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, any like PD villain, I guess, I guess is what you could call them. I would, you know, yeah. the zombies. So Gorsh is a good one too. Yep. Yep. Although he's tiny, so like he won't be yeah. very satisfying to the zombies. Don't go quick. So, you know. <laughs> um, I just keep thinking of Shaun of the Dead now. Anytime I hear zombies, I always think of that movie. It's so funny. Yeah. So it's funny. Just, it's so good. I love oh it. Oh my gosh. So Casey and Severide go back to the first laundromat to investigate. The manager is like, I was using the dryer, but I stepped outside because like the perfume from the detergent was getting to her. Severide smells it and he smells something else in there because again, Severide is a fucking genius. And he's like, no, like this could be something combustible. Only Kelly could like smell something that's supposed to be like a perfume and be like, no, like this could explode. Mm -hmm. I hope Stella doesn't have any perfume because he's probably like a total buzzkill with that. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, smell this. And he's like, you know, this could catch fire. And she's like, Kelly, all right, Kelly stop. Like, stop. Yep. So they go to the place where the detergent's being shipped out and they try to stop basically any more from being delivered. And I mean, Severide is like full detective mode this episode. So he's like, well, Casey, go do this. I'm going to stay here and track down every single box that's been delivered. Kelly missed his calling. He did. He truly like, did. I realized that he was born to be a firefighter and he's really effing good at it. But like I, him as a detective, like 
Yeah. 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 So they get an update from Sever, an update from Sev. It was methanol that was put into the detergent. And so they've gotten everyone with the bad batch except for one truck. They track his GPS and 51 rolls up to see the truck on fire. And Bowden's like, if you weren't ducking calls from your office, you would know this isn't a truck you're driving. It's a bomb. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and Bowden picks up the hose and he basically helps Casey and Seven Herman stop the fire. This is why Bowden is such a good leader is that he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. I just love Bowden. Same. I love him. Bowden's the best. Bowden is what yeah. a leader should be. Yeah. He can discipline, I feel like, but he also wants to like be in the nitty gritty. And you know he's there for his his team. Yeah. 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 He's a great boss. He's a really, really yep. great boss. I love it. Moving into Casey and his concerned son. You know what yeah. I need? I need Gallo to slip up in one episode and call Casey dad. Yeah. That's all like, I want. Like just by accident. And he's like, oh, wait, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I pay good and then I need it. Violet to be around to like give him crap after. Did you just? Yeah. 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 Because Violet would totally be like, did you just, all right. And then just keep like rolling with the punches. Yeah. And Gallo's like, let it go. I didn't do, leave me alone. Stop it. And she's just like, okay, dad. And you know, she just like kind of drops it to Ritter too. Like, did you hear what Gallo said? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I need it. That's the next comedic storyline. It has to be. Derek, please write that. Yeah, just, yeah. And when anytime Gallo is like lieutenant, I'm like, or not lieutenant, like captain, I'm just like, captain, dad, yeah. dad. Yeah. <laughs> so while they're on the laundromat call, Gallo is just like, okay, well, something's a little odd with Casey. Like something's up. Mm-hmm. They get back. Gallo's like, are you okay? And Casey just gets mad at him. Casey's just like, he lashes out when he's like defensive. It's just, yeah man i wish you wouldn't do that there are people who care about you matt right he's lashing out at gallo and i don't know if it's because he feels like gallo's overstepping or if he just feels like gallo's the new guy and he's like why are you even commenting on this i don't know i i have thoughts i have thoughts on gallo like like kind of seeing what's up with casey I think he thinks that they're overstepping because they're starting to get into like uncomfortable territory for matt like matt doesn't want to talk about it the only person who can get through that and like not overstep is kelly so i don't know but yeah casey's just mean he's like when we finish clearing a fire your job's to grab a pike pole get ready to do overhaul not stand around gawking at me and playing junior doctor next time those bells go off i better see you doing your job okay mean person you yeah Hmm. then he's like fine with everyone else casey is i'm like dude what why what's the difference yeah exactly exactly so Gallo goes on a grocery store run and he gets more aspirin for Casey and he takes a second to say one more thing. Hey, uh, not to pry anymore, but can I say just one thing? You really crave the rolled up newspaper, don't you? No, I don't really, but uh, remember how you called me out after the gas station fire? Uh-huh. You were mad because by not reporting my situation, I robbed you of your accountability. I said I remember. Well, it's kind of a two-way street, isn't it? Meaning? How can your firefighters look out for their captain if he's withholding information from them about his own situation? 
I mean, he just cares about his dad. He's a concerned son. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's like not worried about what Matt's saying. And he's just straight up like, mm-hmm. this is the deal. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, I'm not complaining that Gallo is like worried about Casey, but I'm also like, well, why isn't it like Mouch or Herman or literally anyone else who's been at the firehouse since day one of the show mm-hmm. that's not saying something about Casey? Like, I would have thought after that accident, people would have been like, oh shit, he has had a head injury before. We really need to check up on him. Like, why is it the new characters that are so receptive and like kind of, I don't know, like calling characters out, calling the old characters out on stuff. I mean, that is such a good point. Okay. I love that point because do you think Gallo knows about the injury from season one, season two? What season was that? Two, season two. I mean, I don't know who would have told him because I feel like he doesn't really talk to like Severide or anyone. Joe, I could see Joe telling him. Maybe, but I mean, I'm even thinking like, over to PD like Rojas like caught on to upset right away and was like Mm -hmm. you totally love him I'm like how is it not anyone else saying this stuff I mean I again I'm not like complaining that it's the newbies saying something but I'm also like well why is it the newbies I wonder if it's just like a leadership type thing where they're like he's our captain we can't really say anything you know we're just kind of respecting his space I wonder if it's that kind of thing I don't know it's just interesting I noticed that last night and I was like okay that's um that's something to point out. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So later on at Molly's, Casey sees Will and goes over to him and is like, hypothetical situation. Um, and he's like, what should my friend do? And Will's like, well, your friend should see a neurologist immediately. Okay. More questions here. Was Will drinking at Molly's alone? I think so. But Why? like also, where was Jay? Where was Jay? By Jay. Or, you know, I don't know, like, anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, do you think Will fell for that hypothetical? Because I highly doubt it. Will doesn't know Casey that well. Yeah, but I feel like sometimes hypotheticals are very, like, it's obvious when they're not hypotheticals. If that he, well, I don't, he didn't really frame it as a hypothetical. He was like, my friend, friend. yeah. yeah. But Will doesn't, uh, yeah, Will doesn't know Matt that well. So I don't know if he would see through that. Yeah, I don't know. And then when Will said that, I was like, well, no, duh. I mean, anyone could have told you after you have a head injury, you need to go see a neurologist. Right, especially if all of this other stuff is happening to you. Yeah, even just a doctor, like someone. He's so stubborn. Just go to the doctor, please. We you know what, it. though? I wonder if he, I wonder if he's putting it off because he's afraid to find out. Like, what if this is the head injury that ends his career? He's probably yeah. afraid. Yeah, he's probably in some sort of form of denial. Yeah. He doesn't want to go and find out because, you know, whatever, whatever the outcome is, he's just going to have to deal with it. And, and this time he's alone to deal with it before yeah. he had to be. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So crazy. Oh, Casey. So Zach says, as for Casey, I'm glad that it looks as if he's finally going to take his head injury seriously. And it was nice to have a Will Halstead appearance to get the ball rolling on that, especially with Gallo showing concern for him throughout the episode. Glad that Gallo's words got through to him and that we can finally see the issue resolved. Yep. Yep. 
So Catherine said, I'm done with Casey's head injury storyline. He needs to see an effing doctor and stop being an ass to his son. <laughs> Gallo doesn't deserve it. He's just trying to look out for his dad. But I got to say, I loved how it was Gallo who is starting to make Casey get his head straight. <laughs> and I love that the father-son thing is catching on. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Allie said, as I scroll past it, Allie said, okay, first off, and in all caps, Casey needs to see a fucking doctor. <laughs> that conversation with Will did not count. <laughs> also, apparently, also, apparently head injuries make him an asshole because the first time around he snapped at the guy at the restaurant and now he's snapping at Gallo for simply checking up on him when he's visibly struggling. Good yep. point. Yep. At Wait. first I thought it was just captain casey again you mm-hmm. know like when, when he first became a captain but i'm like no i think it's the head injury so. yeah when he gets defensive he lashes out yeah yep. yeah um casey said again can matt casey please stop being so stubborn and go see a doctor no need to take your anger out on your son blake gallo <laughs> i guess it's a step in the right direction that he talked to will but the whole my friend stuff come on matt i hope <laughs> out of his butt soon or i don't think we'll like how this storyline plays out <laughs> i don't know where they're going with the storyline i really don't I, yeah i don't either i wonder if it's going to be the cliffhanger yeah man um I, I am loving these comments though you guys are snarky and it's hilarious okay so yeah. emily m said after this episode i'm going to stand by my previous thought that the writers are hedging their bets so that they can give casey a proper send-off should jesse not renew his contract either a multi-episode medical arc or the beginning of a send-off. The comment to Brett about her getting to be with the person she really wants is screaming subtext. I, are we going to get into the is Jesse Spencer leaving question again? I don't know. I mean, you know, I feel like we've seen it before where the actors say they're so happy on the shows and then it's like, boom, they're leaving. So I feel like I don't know. After everyone said that the last time I was like, he could be lying though saying that and he just can't say that he's leaving yet or you know maybe he has it planned for next season that he leaves i don't know whichever way this goes keep in mind that we will likely not be happy regardless of the way it goes yeah but i also feel like they are kind of setting it up for him to either maybe retire like if he would retire after this head injury or, you know, like leave for Puerto Rico. I mean, they're setting it up so that Stella would become a lieutenant. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I uh, I don't want to feel the fire again. But like, yeah. would, they, would they give Stella truck 81 like in, as a rookie lieutenant? I don't think so because I mean they just seem like a busy firehouse but I wouldn't want Stella to like go to another firehouse maybe they would maybe maybe they would transfer her just because Mm -hmm. the whole Stella right thing but I mean they're both lieutenants so I don't see how that would be Ooh, what if Herman goes over to 50 what if Herman goes over to truck 81 and Stella gets 51 or whatever truck he's on like engine yeah, because Herman was the rookie lieutenant at first. Right. So maybe. I don't know. I or don't Granger know. come in. Granger comes in. There's a lot of possibilities, but I don't know. There's no need for them. We're speculating because Jesse Spencer's yeah. not leaving. There. I'm in People my own version of denial. Saying, 
People are also saying that like Bowden retires and Casey goes to battalion chief. I saw that on Twitter. You knew exactly where I was going with that. Okay. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Cause Casey has that head injury. And I feel like you gotta be a very sound mind to be a battalion chief, but, yeah, but I don't know. Were we ever able to confirm if that image was real or not? Cause a lot of people were saying it was fake. I saw that it, someone said that it was fake and I didn't look too much more into it because I was like, I'm not like, sp- I'm not diving into this. I try not to get my hopes up. So I'm like, uh-uh, I'm, no, I need to click out of it before I go any further. No, no, we're just speculating and we're making ourselves worry for no reason because Jesse Spencer is not leaving. Right, 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 no, right, he's not. right. No, he's not leaving. He's staying put. No, no, no. Taylor Kenny and Jesse Spencer will be on the show until it ends. I, I, I like, I can't. Right. And Enjoy. because these are Dick Wolf shows, they're never ending. Right, basically. Or they will like re resurrect characters. So not resurrect, but bring back. So you know. um 10, 15 years from now, like we'll be gearing up for the epic crossover event that gives Casey his own spin-off, a la Stabler and the crossover <laughs> happening right now. Literally, yep, yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. These shows are never ending. No. Which, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm cool with, so. Yeah, Yeah, same, same. So take us through Samantha. So Samantha said, um, thank you, Will Halstead, for explaining to Casey that you don't mess with head injuries. But you already knew that, Casey, or at least you should have. I know he remembers the last head injury he had in season two. Casey is stubborn as hell, but I love him anyway. I can't help it. I'm just glad he's finally seeking medical advice from someone. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't mess with head injuries. It's just that he's no. he's in denial. He's in denial. Yeah. Which I yeah. could easily see the last frame of the season finale even like, be like him taking some sort of injury or like something falls and then you just hear Casey and then fade to black. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. So. I understand why he's in denial though. He doesn't want to like leave his career. He doesn't want to jeopardize it. But it's no. also like the, the more you let it go, the worst it's gonna get right so just get some help matt casey please 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 my goodness any other notes on fire i don't think so it was just it was a good episode i think the mouth storyline like really helped it that and then the violet and gala stuff i just love violet and gala though i know i know i love it just sunshine sunshine yeah i love it so much the mouth storyline was like the serotonin that I needed. Oh so, my god! All yeah. <laughs> Which one of you is the best TikTok person? <laughs> I so just funny. love it. I, I love, love it so much. Oh my god! All right. And then we have PD. Yeah. Okay. So, Brian and I always stretch it out before PD because, like, it's yeah. a doozy. So just take a moment. Let's stretch it out. You know, if you're listening, go get your water. Like, because it's time to rage. <laughs> it's yeah. it's time. Time for feels. Okay. So, Disco Bob is retiring. Does he realize how lucky he is to have made it to this point in his life? I mean, on the police force and in the PD franchise or in the one Chicago franchise. So, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous for him the entire episode. Did you, okay. Were you like Brian and I who were like, no, he's dying. I mean, there's no way this ends without him dying. Oh yeah. And then like 30 minutes in, he was still okay. I'm like, no, th- this is too easy. Yeah, yeah. I looked I, at the clock. 
I was like, we still have 30 minutes and there's like a thousand different ways that this could go. So yeah, I thought for sure the minute he was going to, when he walked into med and when Adam walked in and was just like, how's he doing? I thought for sure that was going to be the scene where he's like, oh my God, Adam, like he coded, yeah. we lost him. Yeah. I, yeah. A lot when of us were completely wrong. Of, when they walked out of the warehouse, I was like, no, nah, that's too easy. Like mm-hmm. there's still something that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I like put it that way in my head so that I wasn't let down. Yeah. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So literally all the dads in this franchise die and yet somehow Bob Ruzik is still alive. So he is a literally. lucky man in multiple ways. Cause oh boy. Okay. So Voight gives Adam a bottle of like something to celebrate. I couldn't tell if it was like whiskey or if it was just wine, but like if it was wine, I mean, that's a little cheap. No, I feel like wine's kind of out of character for Voight. Cause he usually like does scotch or whiskey or something. Yeah, like red red wine is like cheap, right? He probably spent like 10 yeah. bucks on that, which like, okay. Like, tell me you don't like the guy without telling me you don't like the guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. yeah, yeah. So Berzik are on their way to pick up Michaela. Could they get more domestic and adorable? Someone, for the love of God, please tell them that they are married. Like, please. Right? But also the way that like, Adam just threw it and he's like yeah I'll go with you and pick up Michaela like I mean he was driving anyway so I figured but I just like I just want to know what she calls him does she call him Uncle Adam call him Uncle Adam you know just I don't know I just need to know more and I need to see interactions with them oh my god oh my god if she calls him Uncle Adam I will die yeah Oh, just it kills me. Okay, but they have to swing by Disco Bob so Adam can drop off the super cheap bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the conversation leading up to the door is pretty interesting, right? So yeah. Adam's like, come on in. Like, he'd love to see you, whatever. And so he's like, does, sh- does he know? And Adam goes, what, how many times you've broken my heart? Like, yeah, hang on, hang on. Okay, First of all, I'm not taking sides in the big Berzik debate. Like, you can't make me do it. It's been eight seasons. We have put way too much into this for one of us to take sides. Not happening. However, you're both equally at fault, Adam. Yep. Equally. But then the little thing that he says where he was like, um, if he had a choice, he would pick you and so would I. I was like, so you love her. Get back together, please. Do you think it's fair to say that the the fuck ups in the early days like the early seasons is basically where Ruzik fucked up mm-hmm. do you think it's fair to say that Kim just has not forgiven him yeah I think he was immature there and Kim sees that and still kind of holds that over him I guess right you know like like she still sees him as that immature rookie cop who mm-hmm. was plucked right out of the academy um you know and she kind of is like he'll never grow up yeah yeah. Oh my god then then when he's all domestic and cute with her i'm like but no he has grown up yeah i mean i feel like his actions from like maybe season after season six because we don't talk about season six but yeah. his actions from like post breakup to, to the end of season five and then the beginning of season seven to now because <laughs> we just don't talk about season six but yeah. I think his actions have shown that he has changed and he wants to be with her. He has become mm-hmm. a better man. 
because yeah. of her. And she just turns a blind eye to it. She just decides not to see it and to hold that against him that he will forever be that guy who couldn't put a ring on it in season three. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they get to Bob's. They find blood. There's no Bob. Um, and his phone is like stuck in the snow. So yeah. there is a text on Bob's phone that just basically says, if you don't deliver, it's over. But the little detail here, okay, can we please talk about the fact that Adam could not bring himself to read this message? He had to hand the phone to Jay. Yep. My heart. Yeah. My heart. And I loved that in like that scene. And then um, the one in the bullpen we kind of saw Jay interact with Adam a little bit. Like whether it was a hand on the shoulder, I noticed that. Mm -hmm. Reading the phone, um, the little like dig or whatever in the bullpen. I just like to see Jay interact with others and I need more of it. I've said that time and time and time again. Yeah, because he literally only ever interacts with with Haley. Yeah, or Voight. Yeah. And I just, I need to see more of him interacting with people so it doesn't look like he hates all of his coworkers. <laughs> I never took so, it that way, but I could see how you would think that. Yeah. I just, I need it. That's so great. That's so great. Okay. So Hank tells Kim to pull all of Bob's old cases. Adam's like, all he's ever done is work traffic at White Sox games. Like, you're really not going to find anything. And mm-hmm. Hank's like, no, just, just do the work. Do the work. So yeah. Adam visits air quotes visits a guy named benny we are seven minutes in and adam has already pulled a gun on someone yeah mm-hmm. um did benny look familiar to you like the guy who played benny he didn't however it wouldn't surprise me if he's been in other episodes before that I happens a lot he has i will look it up because yeah. i meant to look it up last night and i was just like he he just looks familiar yeah that's, know, I, it, that happens a lot I watch a lot of other TV though, so he could have easily been in something else. Mm-hmm. But, but also, I mean the the early season vibes that this episode gives off though. Like, tell me we haven't seen that scene before, like with Voight and Aaron in the early seasons, right? Oh, we definitely have. Yeah, the early season vibes though. It, it's 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 good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but also the fact that we're seven minutes in and Ruzik has already pulled a gun on someone. I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bob had a gambling problem, which I don't think we ever knew before, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's just shady. And I was thinking more about like his past episodes that he's been in. And I'm like, you know, you have been shady. Like, oh, okay. Benny um, was Officer Delaney. Okay. I believe he was the dog cop with Burgess. Let me look. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. The one that wanted to sleep on the job. And she's like, my name is Burgess. Feel free to forget it. Yes. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Love I'm it. pretty sure. Yeah. That's funny. He was in so, a few other episodes of PD. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not really surprised. He is kind of shady now that I think about it. Yeah. Because, yeah, the last time he was on PD, he ended up in the hospital then too. Yep. Yeah. That's about right. All right. He always gets Adam in trouble. So he does. He I, does. Yeah. So it turns out Kim followed him there because we find out that Bob just paid off an eighty thousand dollar debt. Like shit. Kim followed him there to make sure he didn't do anything extracurricular. Again, that's love, Kim. That's love. Yep. But no, You're please following con- him. Yeah, please continue to tell me how it's not real. Okay. Right. Um, I 
noticed a few little like upset and birds act parallels this episode mm-hmm. when adam was like you following me i was like um jay and Haley and like 709 and another season seven episode and then another little parallel i was like yes give it to me all the parallels i need a birds act and upset double date at some point too just saying know, right right only burgess would never call it a double date oh She'd no like, it's just friends getting together we're not yeah. dating which they did have that in like season five at molly's it wasn't a date but you know it was like the four of them together so mm-hmm. i need more of that yeah but, yeah yes. but you can also tell in this moment like i mean adam just went and pulled a gun on a guy and it's like where the fuck's my dad but you can tell i mean the fact that kim is there is just keeping adam kind of calm yeah she has a way of like grounding him with whether it's just a touch or just like like a calm word something yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so bob's phone gets a text from the same number only this time there's a video the 301 vibes here of like yeah um los toronto's this is this this hispanic gang in chicago they have bob and they basically need the name of the snitch who's giving them issues um and he even says in the video he's like you need to give him this name or i'm gone for good like i'm gone adam was adam had a conundrum he was stuck between a rock and a hard place like he really really was he did a good job of keeping it together yeah but yeah yeah i agree there was times where i saw his face and i was like someone please just give him a hug actually like let's all give him a hug well, this next scene in the bullpen, they did such a good job with this of like, they would like, they show the bullpen and then like focus on Adam's face and then show the yeah. bullpen again and come back to Adam's face. And yeah. you could just tell the wheels were turning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so, Patty has just a really good like sap face. You yes. see it one in his SVU episode and then like also last night. And it was yeah. just like, oh, so yeah. adorable. Adorable. So here are the details on this gang, Los Toronto. So they've mostly run air quotes unchecked but have lately taken a few hits from CPD. Um, so I guess they've just been doing whatever they want, but then lately kind of CPD has been like butting into their business. Yeah. They primarily run in Pilsen. They run like around different areas, but they're primarily in Pilsen. Do you remember when Brett lived there? No, not totally. Like when she first, first joined? The like early seasons of fire are fuzzy to me. I gotta like go back and rewatch them. Cause there's been so many seasons that I'm like, I forgot that that happened. So I feel like I remember it, but not totally. Okay. So you're a Chicago local. Talk neighborhoods to me. Is Pilsen not a good part? Is it, what, what is, what is Pilsen? Um, I don't know totally about like the different neighborhoods. I want to say, is it like near the South side? Cause if it is, I don't ever go that way when I go into the city. Cause I'm like 45 minutes an hour outside of the city. So yeah, it's like by Chinatown. Um, yeah, it's like kind of south side. I've heard that it's like becoming kind of a hipster area, but that's about it. So hmm. I don't know. Someone else can tell me that I'm wrong, but it's like by Bridgeport and stuff. So I thought Bridgeport was like swanky. Bridgeport's like where Voight's from. I thought Burgess was from Bridgeport. No, Voight lives in Bridgeport. Oh. remember that episode where uh ray got shot he like you know made that triangle he was he lives in bridgeport because huh. i think that's kind of part of his storyline he's like a south side guy or something okay. i don't know i don't know 
again, I'm like 45 minutes to an hour outside of the city. So whenever I go, I just like hang out in River North and like Michigan Avenue. <laughs> so Jay and Will are Southsiders too. Isn't Canaryville Southside? Um, I believe so. And Ruzak like grew up in Canaryville and Beverly. Yeah. Well, and the only reason I say like you know Canary is on the south side is because isn't Will a Sox fan? You froze again. You froze. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Isn't Will a White Sox fan? Yeah. White Sox are south side. White Sox are south side. Um. Cubs are like north side. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Canaryville is south side. It's like further down than Bridgeport. Okay. Okay. This has been your Chicago geography lesson for the night. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. So the blood from Bob's house leads us to this guy, Hector Santiago, but I mean, it's a dead end because Hector dies like the minute they arrive. Mm -hmm. Um, Kim shows Adam what Bob was looking for. And he was looking for the real name of this snitch and he couldn't find it because he doesn't have the clearance. He's just a beat cop. He doesn't have the clearance that intelligence does. And yep. so there's a second video from Bob. Time's almost up. So they have this conversation, or Adam basically takes all of this new information to Voight. And so it turns out that Bob has been doing favors for the gang. Merlin works for a DA task force and investigates cartels, including Los Toronto's. I mean, this CI, he's indexed in over 30 cases. He is very good at what he does, whoever he is. Okay, so say you're me, right? What happens next? Find Marlon's real name, make the trade. So we make the trade, your old man walks out of life. I mean, that's that's the hope, right? But Merlin's dead. That's for sure. We're talking about trading one life for another. But one life is Merlin, who's a gang member. He's a rat. Boss, you don't get to the position that Merlin's in by living some clean life. Adam, you don't get to the position your father's in by leading a clean life, do you? No, sir. This, I I realize that Hank is trying to be like the old wise boss slash father figure, but anytime he's like, we don't get to decide who lives and dies, it just doesn't compute. It means nothing coming from Hank. Nope. Because he's done that before. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not in the business of signing execution papers, says the guy who killed what's-his-name in the season three finale. Yep. Yeah, that's rich. That's rich. I don't remember the killer's name, though. Do you remember his name from the season three finale? Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. Duh. Uh, Okay, so Voight's like, listen, we're going to this task force. Like, we're going to get the snitch's name, but we're like it's going to be like a worst case scenario that we have to make the trade because adam wants to make the trade he wants to give the real name in exchange for bob and he doesn't care if the snitch if the um the ci dies mm-hmm. doesn't care which like i i get it okay i get it it's your dad but like right. it's just so dangerous when you start assuming that one person's life matters more than another's yeah it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. slippery well- Adam then finds out the full story later. So, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. So the task force won't give up Merlin, but they do give up the gang member who wants her identity. And so basically all of this leads to a warehouse where they find Disco Bob. 
mm-hmm. and he's alive. Oh my gosh. Yep. Okay. Um, but Barella, who's the guy who wants him dead, he gets away. There are some small moments here where we start to see Kevin kind of mentoring Andre. I'm digging it. Like, let's yeah. see more of that. Okay. I'm here for it. What are your thoughts yeah. on Cooper so far? Um, honestly, like I kind of forgot that he was there until we saw him in the bullpen. And I was like, oh yeah, he's there. It could have been because we had a week off. Yeah. And I feel like they announced that um, Cleveland was like coming mm-hmm. into PD so early on. And then we didn't meet him until like the ninth episode. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of like, oh yeah, we, we have a new member of intelligence here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready to learn more about him. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to see that Kevin mentorship, like mentor relationship. If we're not going to get a love interest for Kevin, let's you know let him mentor someone so absolutely absolutely who knows maybe andre's got like a friend you know who's a girl that he can hook kevin up with so i don't know maybe i don't know so bob gives adam the full story at med okay so bob couldn't get the real name he didn't have the clearance so barella and santiago they came to the house to get their money because this is this is where bob got the eighty thousand dollars barella put a gun to bob's head so Bob sold out his own son. What? That that moment, I was like, okay, Bob, you are the shadiest character in one Chicago, like throughout all of the shows. Right? Like I'm inclined to sit here and be like, you fucking coward. But also right. the alternative is the, of that is you take the bullet. I mean, that's yeah. not a reasonable solution either. Yeah. So I, I get like, it, but still. But then I I was, that's where I kind of got like a little fuzzy with PD. I was like, wait, so he sold out Adam, but what did he say? Like my son is a cop or my son gave me the money? Like how exactly did he sell him out? No, I think he said my son is a cop and can get you that name. Yeah. And so they took him hostage to make sure it happened. Oh, and I just... And Adam wanted to stick up for his dad. At that moment, I would have been like, okay, no. Like, we're we're doing this by the book. But what about how it it only gets worse from here? Like, that's not even the worst of it. So Bob has the audacity to tell Adam, you've got to let him walk. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me right now? And what got me was Bob's never been like a detective, right? He's always been a... Always. B-cop. Officer. So like the detectives come in and they have way more authority mm-hmm. they i mean like you can't tell a detective like what to do they they know and just i was like oh my gosh really i know bob's really doing this he's sitting here and has the balls to say this oh I, I just i couldn't i couldn't believe that so bob is like i don't want to lose my pension like they would file charges against me i don't want to ruin my legacy or he's like, I don't want to ruin our name. And Adam makes sure to emphasize, he's like, our, our. It's not just you you're fucking over. You're fucking over me. Yep. And like, he just says so many things in this scene without saying over, saying a word. What I just, yeah. ugh, I, I felt so bad for him. And he's so angry. And you know he wants to lash out, but he can't because it's his dad. Do you think Bob um, feels maybe a little inadequate or um, just like, not fulfilled that he was always a beat a beat cop and adam was plucked right out of the academy and put into like 
as they say, one of the elite, the most elite units in Chicago police. I can imagine it being pressure that he didn't want. Yeah. I could definitely see him feeling inadequate, but I could, I could almost imagine him being resentful of him being like, yeah, I feel inadequate, but it's because my fucking son went to intelligence. Like this would have never right. happened if he'd become a beat cop just like me. I could also see Bob kind of being like, you know what? I would have never really wanted that responsibility anyway. Being a detective, being in a unit, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So right. I don't know. I was just kind of like, huh, I wonder if like Bob feels some sort of resentment or jealousy, you know, that like his son was, it's not even like he was on the job for three years and then like became a detective. Like he was plucked out of the, out of the academy. Right. Right. Interesting. So Adam knows the completely fucked up position he's in, but he still asks Voight if Varela can walk. Like, yeah, this whole scene is art. Art, I tell yeah. you. Okay, so first of all, this could have easily, easily been a scene with Aaron in season two. Like, all you got to do is just like yeah. cut, copy and paste, put in Aaron, and then instead of Bob, be like, bunny. I was going to say, I feel like it was, wasn't it? I, I feel like no, it too. I yeah, I mean, it, it was very eerily reminiscent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, second of all, Voight doles out the tough love in this instance without going too far. Yep. Like, he comes right to the line, but he never crosses it. Yep. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I also died when he was like, when, you know, Ruzik's like, you know, the people, the whole department's going to judge us. Like, my my whole, my name is just going to, like, bring shit upon the apartment, or the department. And Voight just goes, well, the people who matter. And then he points into the bullpen. I was like, yeah. my heart. And they pan out to everyone. Jay and no. Haley, Atwater, Kim. I mean, I feel like they even kind of, like caught glimpses of them anyway and even in the background like jay was like looking up and then just kind of looked down and i think like looked over to Haley a little bit i was mm-hmm. like i like that scene oh it yeah. was just so good yeah so good yeah um and then there's an Alinsky reference oh my goodness there was oh my goodness okay so yeah he's like you know Alinsky always told me you had beef with my dad and then voice like he was a dog cop um and then you see the faces of everyone yeah. in the bullpen like everybody's just kind of like okay yeah a little awkward and then Andre's like I don't know what's happening like yeah yeah um and then third I mean just the respect like the tough love is happening and you know and Adam's just taking it he's not being stubborn he's not being belligerent he's not talking back he is just like I understand he's just absorbing it he's like no I get it I get it he's like this is he and it's almost like he's saying without saying like I, I get it. I completely understand, but I had to try. Yeah. Adam could have totally blown up at Hank. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. stormed out, but he didn't. I, Adam definitely has a respect towards Floyd and Al. I mean, you know, he, I feel like he looks at him like a father figure. I think all of them kind of do, but I feel like Adam realized how shitty Bob was throughout his childhood that now maybe he'll even kind of set in more that like Ruzek looks up to Voight. Big time, big time. Do you think it's because Hank is the cop that Adam always wished his dad would be? Could be, yeah. The one that like takes no shit. Because Bob gets into crap. Like he gets in trouble. Whereas Voight, I mean, Voight's gotten into things, but he's done it and helped people. Whereas Bob has done it and gotten himself just into deeper trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's a conversation I'd be really curious to have with Patty. Yeah. 
that'd be yeah. interesting yeah um yeah i wonder if that's the if that's the take of you know I, like i'm curious to know why adam became a cop if his dad was out gambling and being such a fuck up what motivated adam to become a cop if that's the case if adam thought that the profession was like a noble one mm-hmm. and he wanted to be like his dad or if he maybe he like didn't do well in school and was like i'm not going to college so i might as well like join the police force Ooh, i could see that you know like maybe he was maybe he was like a class clown and you know he needed someone was like you need to like toughen up or you know straighten up and mature yeah and he just like joined but he was engaged in stuff so it's not like he was 18 mm-hmm. i mean i right. guess he could have been but yeah he was definitely older when he joined i don't know Interesting. I don't know either. No, the the way that Hank is a father figure to like everyone, just the execution yeah. is just. But all in different ways. Yes. I feel like. Yes. You no. Know? Yeah. This shit is hard, guys. Being a TV writer is hard. And the I just way... need more backstory. Yeah. From everyone. But the way that these stories are being woven together and just it's just so good. It's so good. Okay, so they get an address for this warehouse and on the way, Adam says something like slightly concerning to Kim. So he's just like, in the past, we've thrown cases out. We've just let people walk because it would just be a lot easier. And this one, we're just going to stick to like, what the fuck? And Kim's just listening. And he just goes, I agree with my dad. It would be a lot easier if Morella just kind of went away. This conversation did not worry me at all. Did this worry you? No, I was very much like Adam is set in his way with mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yeah. Like the way that he was looking at the road, because that was, you know, where th- they were driving on it, um, obviously. But he was just very like, nothing was going to change his mind, I mm-hmm. feel like. Mm-hmm. And it didn't worry me, but I was also like, okay, Adam, whatever you do, though, don't like don't let this spiral you do you think Voight's presence on the show and just his presence alone and the shit he's done do you think that's desensitized us to a lot of shit definitely because i can see how under normal circumstances like oh my friend slash boyfriend slash i don't know what the hell he is is talking about murder but i mean we've been watching this show for eight seasons it's like okay and this is just a normal wednesday yeah just the crazy shit that hank's done i don't know so they get there. Adam takes the back. And I don't know why we're doing this again, this recurring bit of like, Adam's going to take the back. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's gunshots. And we hear Kim yell his name and run. Why are we doing this again? I don't like it. I just, I was like, Adam's on the ground. He has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has to be. Yeah. So that happens again. Kim runs around to the back and Adam is standing there over Barella's dead body. Now, Kim could have said anything in this moment. She could have said, holy shit. She could have said, are you okay? She said, have said, oh my God. She says, what did you do? Yeah. Now, at first, did you think that he killed him? Like, or, I mean, what? what I, I wouldn't, well, I could have seen it going either way. Mm-hmm. I really could have. Um, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he hit that point, if he had gone over the edge. Um, I was almost more surprised at the end when he was talking to Kim and he was like, you think I would kill somebody to get revenge and offend my family? Like, I would never do that. I'm like, you wouldn't? Okay. All right. Right. I misjudged you. I am sorry about that. I wouldn't have been surprised. What about you? 
Um, at first, I was like, he killed him. I mean, it, it's the only logical option. But then once we saw that video, I was like, no, Brella had the gun. So, you know, for all we know, he could have, I mean, he was going to pull the trigger and shoot Adam and Adam just did it as self-defense. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought about it at first. And then I was, once I saw the video, I was like, no. Oh, no, no. But um, when Adam pressures Kim, Adam's like, say what you want to say, Kim. Like, what are you asking me? Just say it. She can't do it. She can't do yeah. it. But, but I mean, the casual murder accusations in this universe, like, my God. Mm-hmm. It just is crazy. So the video, they get video and it, it was in fact a good shoot. And this is a moment where we get a little interaction between Jay and Adam because they fist bump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jay's like, good work, bud. Um, the reason that Barella was hit twice in the back because the minute Voight was like, you, you got him twice in the back. I was just like, oh, the fuck, Adam. Like, what the hell? It's because the first shot, like it kind of not got him in the shoulder, but it spun him around. And so that's why the other two went in his back because they were going quickly. Yeah. Kim could have fixed this entire situation in this moment just by turning around and saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. She could have fixed it. Then the whole, it could have yep. fixed the whole problem. Instead, she walks by and gives him the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I wonder if she's trying to like sabotage any future that they could have. Oh, I could totally see that. I love that. She, she I, mean, I don't be, love it, right? but you know what I mean. Right. She, she has to be. She's ignoring him. She's saying, I mean, maybe she didn't think that that was the wrong thing to say mm-hmm. to him when she walked up behind him. But again, there's a million other things that she could have said um, right. after they lost the baby, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole Michaela thing. I don't know. I just feel like he's trying and she's pushing him away and wanting him to stay away and so she's trying to find other ways to sabotage it when he keeps coming around he's almost like that lost puppy that like you want him to almost go away but yet you keep feeding him and he just keeps coming back but yes but he's not lost like he he wants to he knows that she's the one and he knows he wants to be with her but she just like yeah she's pushing him away that's exactly what she's doing dare i say she's being a little selfish I'd go with that. Yeah. Because she only lets Kim in, or she only lets Adam in when she needs him. Yep. Okay, wait, that's not completely true, though. She did follow him to make sure he didn't do anything, like, extracurricular. Yeah, but I think that was just so that she didn't get into trouble with, like, IRT or COPA, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. You know, like, she, she was watching out for him, but she was also watching out for herself. Because mm-hmm. she, she had to go and talk about the shoot, yeah. too. So... It's, it's not good. It's not good. I I think, yeah, I I think that's a great theory that she's, she's sabotaging. I don't think she's doing it. Like, I don't think she's aware she's doing it, but she's doing it. But also, I mean, they broke up in season three, right? What more does Adam have to do to prove to you that he's in, that he wants to be with you? What more does he have to do? Well, and he's not backing down too. No, you know, it's like, I could see if, you know he was like chasing after her for one season maybe even like a season and a half and but she, he's not backing down right. so it's like he's it's obvious that he's in love be- with you mm-hmm. so why are you pushing him away so much and not even letting him get close to you exactly exactly 
Yeah. I mean, we know that Kim, well, she's mentioned it before, like she had a great childhood or whatever, but I mean, I feel like she's, she's obviously had bad relationships before Adam, maybe Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like made her put a wall up. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So Void ends up covering for Bob. So he gets his retirement, his legacy is intact, but I mean, the, the damage is done, right? Like Mm-hmm. The damage is done. So Kim stops by at the very end to not to apologize, which is, you know, what she could fix all of this by doing, yeah. but to clear the air. All right. Adam was when you ran up on me after I shot Barella, you could have asked me if I was okay, if I was hurt. That's not what you did. Adam, listen. said, what did you do? Yeah, I did. What did you do? Kim, one of the many reasons that I fell in love with you is that I felt like you believed in me. Like you believed in me in a way that nobody in my entire life has. I did. Even me. I do. I'm not so sure. You have to see how what I said made sense in the moment. You have to see that. I don't. After everything that you and I have been through, should have been something that held you back from the edge of assumption, some sort of guardrail that kept you from going over that ledge. I mean, if this situation is reversed, I'm you, you're me, and I run up on you, you're standing over Barella holding the gun, if I got close to the ledge, fine, I wouldn't go over. Not ever. Because... Because I know your heart. And I know that there's not a world in which you'd kill a man in cold blood, that you'd shoot him in the back as he's running away for what, revenge for your family name? Come on. And that's what you meant when you said, what did you do? And in that moment, I'd have thought you'd know my heart. You're supposed to know. I do know your heart, I do. And I am sorry. It's just... Thanks for stopping by. Oh my God. Like, I want to cry, but also Adam is completely right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's completely right. If the rules are reversed, and that's, and that's Kim, the first thing Adam is doing is, A, he's taking off his jacket, putting it on her, and he's saying, are you okay? Like, what? tell me what happened. Are you okay? He's radioing in. He's taking care of her. The first thing out of Kim's mm-hmm. mouth is, what did you do? Yeah. The whole bit about knowing each other's hearts, like, nailed it. Yeah. Well, and it seems like she just, when she said that, I was like, Kim, you could have said so many other things. You're a mother figure to Michaela. I feel like you need to be more caring. Like, where's your caring and compassionate side? It's not like this is a new partner that you just met. Like, you've been partners with Ruzek you dated and were engaged to him mm-hmm. so where's your compassionate side yeah. you know like it and maybe it was just like the shock like she just walked up and she was like holy crap like what do I say and it just like came out like she didn't mean to say that but I don't know I just I'm like I need to see your compassionate side here why is she so cold towards him I don't know. I just want to know, like, 
when they broke up, I mean, she obviously didn't like, you know, that he didn't want to meet her parents and all that. But I mean, I don't know. It just like she, he must have hurt her really bad on the inside. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, do you have some type of like relationship trauma or past or whatever that has made you put up walls? Yeah. And you just don't want to let them down, no matter how hard he tries. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, okay, let's get into some listener thoughts. I think yeah. we're going to crack the three hour mark tonight. I think it's going <laughs> to happen which will be a first. So, okay. Zach said, this was an episode of PD that was anxiety inducing. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, I'm glad to know that Disco Bob lives to see another day. I was so scared for him from the time he was kidnapped to when Adam finally found him. Even when he was at med, I was worried something would happen to him there. <laughs> Cornelius Rhodes, anyone? Yeah, same. Yeah. It was great to see Bob have his retirement party at the end. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't help but worry about Adam and all that was going to his head at the time. And the team searched for his father and found the people responsible. He also said, another thing that has me worried was the state of Berzik and where things will go from here. Throughout the episode, we see Kim show concern from Adam as they find his uh, as they find his father and find out more about the people involved in the kidnapping. From learning that his father was involved in gambling debts, all to learn that he was getting information for Lost Toronto's about a snitch from the inside. This was enough that made Ruzik almost go full void. Right? Right? Yeah. Right? Um, I thought he was going to go full void for a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely called him mini void at one point in the episode. So, ugh. okay. So... He said, with Kim thinking that Adam shot him without cause, it wasn't until a video confirmed Adam's statement and we get the heartbreaking scene between Kim and Adam at the end of the episode in which Adam feels betrayed by Kim for thinking he would kill someone based on the rage for what happened to his father. Will this be the end for a potential future for Berzik? Honestly, I don't know. But at least Kim did feel remorse for thinking he would do such a thing. I don't think this is the end of Berzik. I don't think so. I think they can work through it. <laughs> and it goes back to that whole expression of like, you know, we, we hurt the people we love the most. Yeah. I know we're losing our voices over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is the end of Berzik. No, I don't think so. No. I think they can work through it. It's definitely going to take some time. Yeah, but I, it's not the end of them. So, yeah. I hope that Michaela can bring them together in some way. Yeah. She's the, her, uh, the actress who plays her has been filming recently. So she is the cutest little girl. She is. She's so cute. There are so many theories about like her possible storylines that I'm like, oh my God, can we not hurt her, please? I know, I know, I know. So take us through Catherine. All right. So Catherine said this whole mother effing episode hurts so much. (laughs) Baby Adam is hurting so much. All I wanted to do was hug him and tell him everything. Okay. We end up with the clown makeup in regards to Bob Ruzek's death. Yeah. Um, although part of me wishes he died because he only brings pain to Adam's life and it's not fair. And besides that, he gave up Adam to the bad people. You don't effing do that, Bob. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Um, you have to protect your precious son, idiot. Ugh, how I hate him now. Bob Rizek is the new bunny Fletcher and I hate him and his belief of Adam is going to solve my problems. I never even put those two together. Like, I uh, never even put that parallel together. It makes sense. It makes sense. It does. Um, she said, also, you can see a growth in Adam when he goes to fight about his father being an effing dirty cop. Instead of trying to solve this thing by himself, my baby is a big boy now. <laughs> I love that. 
Was I the only one who thought that the bar that Bob and Adam walked into at the beginning of the episode was Bonnie's old bar? No, I thought it looked so similar too. People were talking about it and I feel like it was like towards the end of her arc on PD. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So Emily P said, so I guess Berzik's finally over. I can't believe how cold Kim was to Adam knowing that he was going through, knowing what he was going through and the betrayal of his dad. Makes me realize that she never loved Adam since the engagement or maybe never did. No, I think she loves him. Yeah, I think so. Um, I've never seen a show. Uh, I've never seen the show enjoy getting fans' hopes just uh, hopes up just to kill it. Did you ever watch the hundred? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I no. I think I think she still loves him. What do you think? I think so too. I think deep, 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 deep down, she does. Yeah. Yeah. It take a lot for her to like realize that. I mean, I would have thought after they lost their baby, she would have, but. I don't know what will because I figure you know losing your baby like you know you kind of realize that you love him again I mean all of their little like you know we go to dinner every night or whatever I feel like maybe it's paving the way for her to kind of realize her feelings again for him maybe I don't know I don't know I hope so I don't know so I don't know um last up take us through Allie so Allie said that conversation in all caps, I kind of understand where Kim is coming from and how it must have looked in the moment. My heart broke for Adam and all the things he was saying. It was one of the most gut-wrenching and painful conversations I've ever watched. I feel like we need to see more of them talking it out because it doesn't feel resolved. I think they both were still processing everything. So Kim was a little emotionally detached while Adam was very emotional. Hopefully they can get past it with a little time. They will. They will. Yeah. It just was, you know, I, and maybe this conversation was enough to like knock some sense into Kim. Mm-hmm. You know, either either confess your love for him, either put up or go away. Like leave him alone if this yeah. is the case. Stop dragging him along. Um, I feel like you need to cover, you, you need to read some of Haley G's comment because it's, it's great. <laughs> uh, okay, so I see this here. Okay, so Haley G said, you know how Gina always wants to defend Will and protect him and Brenda just sits in the corner and rolls her eyes? I feel like I want to be the Gina for Adam Ruzik. <laughs> I feel this need to protect him and his emotions and defend his actions because of everybody. I feel like Adam's the only one who gets constantly talked down to an in intelligence but never gets the opportunity to speak up for himself. He just takes it because he puts everyone else's feelings before his own and never allows himself to feel what he needs to feel, which is honorable, but at some point you have to stand up for yourself when you feel like everyone's beating down on you. He's allowed Atwater to down him this season when he, all he's done for Kevin is be there for him. Like Brenna said before, why is it always Adam who needs to be called out for bias? Yep. He allowed Haley to do it in the past and never said anything to her, which is infuriating because she was awful to him when they were together. And I hate to say it, but Kim also has a way of being unnecessarily harsh with him when he hasn't does, done anything to warrant whatever crap she feels like looking on him. If we're starting to get a new Ruzik after this episode, then I hope at le- it's at least one who can speak and be heard. Haley, yes. Amen, sister. Amen. She's dead on about Burgess too, that he, he, mm-hmm. she comes down on him really harshly for really minor things. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's like tough love in her eyes mm-hmm. or if she's just like someone needs to be stern and, you know, firm with him. And yeah. it's obviously going to have to be me. Yeah. yeah. Is it weird that we have not had a character spiral yet this season? Like I keep waiting for it and I'm like, I feel like it's going to be Adam this season. 
I don't think it's weird. I think if this were a full season, this would be the right time. So yeah, I don't think it's weird. Yeah. No. So I wonder if we'll like get a mini spiral because I thought after um, the episode where his CI died, uh, we don't know if he died. Yeah, almost died. We don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I thought that was going to be the start of his spiral. Yeah. But, yeah. But so. All right, so we're going to wrap it there because it's been, this is a long, long episode and we want to save you guys, you know, so we, we, want, we want to make sure you guys have some energy for not one, but two episodes or two interviews that we're bringing you today. So there was uh, a lot of, a lot of good comments though about PD. Oh, so many good ones. I know so many good ones. So, so many. So, um, and you guys know, we love to talk about this stuff. So keep the conversation going, DMs, emails, all of it. We love this conversation. So, um, you guys know where to find the podcast, okay? It's Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Um, please, 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 if you don't mind leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, we would so greatly appreciate that. You just made it to the end of a three plus hour long episode. Like, you like the pod. Yeah. And we like you, so yay. Um, but yeah, that would be great. Um, check out our Tea Public store. Check out our Patreon if you'd like to support us. That would be awesome um jennifer where can we find you on social media so you can find me on twitter at jstark804 nice 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 nice. um you can follow us individually on twitter i'm at gina watches tv bryna is at bryna k13 um you know normal schedule we get new episodes next week and you know we will cover that i know we didn't get to talk about the upset promo i know i know we didn't get to talk about it we gotta we gotta save it we gotta save it because there may or may not have been an I love you bomb dropped in there. I feel like there was a lot of stuff given to us that I'm mm-hmm. like, are we being a little played here? But they're canon, so I'm not totally worried about it. Like, give me a little angst, but don't don't mess with them too much. So right, right. So I don't know. Um, you guys take a break. I realize long episode. Take a break, get your water, stretch it out, go to the bathroom, whatever. But we've got not one but two episodes or two interviews for you guys to listen to today. So like, once you're done. Go listen to the interview with Hanako Greensmith. It's so, so good. I'm going to put it in an extra episode instead of tacking it to the end of this one because then you're just going to be like, seriously, Gina, like this is four hours. What is wrong with you? Go listen to the interview with Hanako Greensmith. The one with Jack Coleman will be up this afternoon. Go do the thing. Um, You guys have a good weekend and we will see you next week. Bye.